Welcome back to ComTrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Leifite, and returning on the show is my co-host, Hannah. Hey, I'm back, bitches! I know, <laughs> dude! Where the fuck you been, man? I have been touring Europe for a bit. Oh, I'm so jealous. I've been to Berlin, uh, Prague, and Munich with my family. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. My tour guide, my little sister, walking around translating for all of us. Yeah, man. Drinking Shit. massive liters of beer, practicing for Oktoberfest, basically. Oh, <laughs> my dream. If I wasn't broke, I would totally just like hijack it and, you know, just get into like one of your oversized trunk ba- trunk packs. Like, just chloroform me, throw me in a trunk, and throw me into the the uh, the, the airport. I, I don't give a shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. And I won't take you on United. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back with uh, a real special movie, because last time, if you guys remember, this is before the bonus episode I posted out for you guys. We did John Wick with my good buddy Nathan, and now we're here to do another Keanu Reeves special, The Matrix. This has a a very special place in my heart. Yes, please tell. Because when I was, I think, 11 years old, I kept seeing references to this movie all over the internet, all over every new ground short, and I begged and begged my parents to let me watch my first ever R-rated film. How old were you at the time? I think I was like 10 or 11. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. And I think it took a lot of convincing to let me watch Matrix Reloaded as well. Uh, My dad's excuse was that it had a sex scene in it. Ah. Um, but I think his real motivation was he did not want me to watch the Matrix sequels. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he forbade me from watching Alien Three for a long time. It wasn't, too. <laughs> I mean, what was kind of under the philosophy of like it's a bad movie, you shouldn't watch it. Like it's not like a bad movie, like it's not a bad influence. It's just a shitty movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is kind I, of weird. I, that is like when I finished Aliens, I'm like, can we rent Alien Three? And my dad was like, no. That movie's garbage. You're not allowed to watch <laughs> Alien Three. Which, you know, I actually hear in retrospect, like, after the recuts and the director's cut that they released, it's not bad. I still have yet to see uh, 3 and Resurrection. Some movies aren't terrible, but when you put them next to their predecessors, oh, they, yeah, they're, totally. they're a huge disappointment, a huge punch totally. in the stomach. I saw a post online that said uh, that um, franchise, it's really interesting that they switch the genre every film. Mm-hmm. That the first is a horror, and the second is an action. Yeah. The third movie is a drama, and the fourth is a comedy. (laughs) Fourth is a comedy. And then they just change it up for Prometheus completely and make it about the meaning of life. Which, weirdly enough, I'm okay with. I'm actually one of the few people out there that really... For some reason, the internet hates Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I have no idea why. I, I love both of them. I haven't seen Covenant because I heard such bad reviews about it. But Prometheus, I went in before the reviews, and I mean, it's not terrible. Check out Covenant, honestly, just because it's Alien's greatest hits. Like, it has a little bit of all of them stuffed into one, which is a little weird with when it comes to its tonal consistency, but whatever. I mean... Uh, but the Is thing it too ab- rehashy, though? Like, that's how I felt about, what, Force Awakens? In some areas, yes. In a lot of areas, no. But the thing about The Matrix is... <laughs> okay, <laughs> The Matrix. Um, so, uh, this is... Not, uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned this is your first R-rated, R-rated movie. R-rated film, yes. Starring Keanu Reeves. My first R-rated movie was Speed. <gasps> oh, I can go also, ever about Speed. Okay, that's going to have to be a future one, because that's one of my favorites. I literally have on a computer a 12-page essay about the physics of Speed. <laughs> I was supposed to write, like, a three-page one. 
but I just watched the movie five times in a row and wrote about literally every action sequence. Hell yes, I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> That's how we met is in a physics and Oh film my class. god, it totally was. Yes, it totally was. So, okay, so this was back in, what was it, 2011? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is 2011. First day, my literal first day of college at BGSU. I walk into a science a, a science class that's about deconstructing movie physics um, and finding out how plausible they are and what what can and can't be done and what that and uh, I sat next to um, just just sat next to uh, uh, some indescript uh, uh, nondescript chick. I'm I'm a nondescript chick. Okay. Well, at the time, I I didn't really. Yeah, I'm I quite didn't. I mean, you 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 blended into the crowd. It was college, right? Oh, Everyone yeah. had their own weird quirk, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, I think it was I think it was my notebook. That it was drew. your notebook because you had all the classic rock bands of V for Vendetta, and I was like, "Hey, you like the same stuff I do?" Yeah, I decorated my notebook with literally a bunch of hand drawn little logos from bands to superheroes to like comic stuff, whatever, and. That, and ever since then, we've been friends. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And I hope that, and honestly, like, I really hope that keeps going to the grave, man. Yeah. This bump. Wonder Twin Punch. Wonder Twin Punch. Wonder Twin Powers Activate. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this movie, so Keanu Reeves is kind of our uh, R-rated cherry popper, isn't uh, he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Keanu Reeves popped our cherry. And yes. he, was, he was so polite and considerate. Yes, he was. After Keanu Reeves pops your cherry, he makes he was eggs the, the next day. He's... See, I feel like he would be more considered in this movie because he's a lot of a nicer character. In the movie, he was dropping some major F-bombs, and which was kind of a big deal because I saw Speed around the age of, like, four. Oh! <laughs> um, see, I was familiar with the F-bombs because... <laughs> I think I think I'd seen Rent a little bit earlier mm. than that, and that was my like big thing. It's like, oh, the soundtrack is <laughs> fucking it. This is amazing, right? Yes. So, um, but uh, I, I, okay, so I'm trying to think of the first time I saw The Matrix. Um, I think it was this was like the early days of the DVD culture. Um, oh yeah. And I think uh, it was one of my uncles, this rich uncle from uh, Florida, who's kind of a ass um <clears throat> but anyway uh he had a bunch of dvds and one of them was the matrix and i really was like what the hell the co- what the hell is this cover we'll pop it in and yeah it's safe to say it kind of blew my i think i was like 12 or 13 at the time oh yeah uh and ever since then i think i it immediately made my parents get the, the dvd so i could watch the behind the scenes and how they did everything and <laughs> Even though they were explaining it now, like looking at that same featurette today, um, I totally understand all the things that they're saying and then some. But back then, it just went completely Blue over my mind. head because they were. Exp- I think they were explaining the uh, the whole concept of bullet time, which is a really fun effect. Like, because you have a motion picture camera at the starting point, and then you have still cameras all around, and they they run through a simulation so you can pinpoint exactly where you need to put each camera you know which lens of uh, each camera is supposed to be and then using a computer sequence you actually um uh set off the individual cameras in a in, in a circular motion or you could have them take uh shoot at the exact same time freezing a moment and then being able to rotate it as the film progresses on screen so you can either do the frozen effect or you can do bullet time while the actors are moving. Well, you can also do uh, uh, an event that goes forward, uh, in, you know, goes one direction as the action moves forward. And as the action moves forward, you can switch directions back the other way. 
So it, it, it's like it be, because of this, the camera configurations, you can essentially do whatever the hell you want with it, oh, yeah. which is really cool. It just makes a spatially sort of thing. And that's the visual effect that made it into the Newgrounds videos that yep. made me say, I have to watch this. <laughs> Probably wasn't the first R-rated movie I was exposed to. I'd seen stuff downstairs, but my parents were vigilant about go back up. Because <laughs> I'd caught, I think, 10 minutes of arachnophobia once. Don't take Adderall and watch arachnophobia. Don't oh do it. Oh my god, that's... Don't a, ever do that. That is a whirlwind of bad ideas. <laughs> came into my parents' room at 3am. I was like, Mom, my ceiling is covered in spiders. She was like, no more drugs for you. <laughs> no more. <laughs> you were allowed to get C's now, honey. <laughs> Alright, so I think we should start the okay. movie. Co oh, by the way, folks, for future reference, and this goes for any other episode, if there's if you don't want to hear us bullshit about the movie beforehand we start it, there's always a sync button in the description below. But now you don't have to worry about that because we are going to start the movie in three, two, one, click. And there's the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, speaking <clears> of... Uh... The technological dystopia scammers calling you right now. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we have the uh, the Warner Brothers logo on the green. Now, if I remember correctly, the original DVD and possibly the theatrical, again, I was too young to know, but um, this is not the original color coding for The Matrix. Oh. Like, it was done in a sort of traditional way. I could be totally wrong about this, but I distinctly remember uh, watching The Matrix on DVD for the first time, that the movie, that the color hue, the inside of the world, how everything's green, that was not the case. It was like a, it was, mo it was monochromatic, but it didn't have that green hue. It didn't appear to me until Reloaded and Revolutions. So I'm thinking that when they did the Blu-ray, they recoded it so it's, more to match the sequels. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but now, I could be wrong. If there's anyone out there listening, feel free to co correct me, please. I remember it being a little more grayscale instead of, yeah. like, you know... That's what I was thinking. It was still... Trademark green. It was very monochromatic, but it didn't have this... Tra yeah, you're right, the trademark green. I think they based it entirely, literally, off of this first shot here, where, you know, you see the numbers and the coding and whatnot. I also... And it's been 15 years. Oh, I really? also... Yeah can imagine it being more neutral beige gray at the beginning in the real world versus mm -hmm. cleaner and once he finds out he's in the matrix yeah because but... well i mean i know they chose not only the green based on the uh, the text thing but uh you know a lot of computer screens especially in the mid to late 90s oh, yeah. they had, they had green text. well they had no not just that but they also had a, like a green tone to their i don't know what kind of color thing was going on with their monitors but apparently it gave everything a green uh, monotone so it's made to the cinematography is made to look as though you're looking through a computer screen oh. yeah which I think is kind of cool and although the cinematography John Toll is fucking fantastic here because I love the camera angles oh yeah yeah I was talking about how in John Wick and Inception that they felt like you know shot for shot remakes of uh, anime movies that oh, yeah. uh, that you've never seen like they're totally like inception is paprika absolutely well, <laughs> well, uh, no i know they we talked about that a lot yeah. um but i always felt like you know it's it, it's like a movie that was a shot for shot remake of an anime that was never uh, it never existed yeah this is kind of the same case here where they use a lot of you know frank miller and 
Japanimation kind of angles and sort of things. Yeah, you can even see with the with the green text how much of it is uh, Japanese characters. Yes, and then there's you know opening shots like like this right here, uh, not this shot, but this shot. That is straight up anime. Oh like, yeah, it's not even funny. It's and like here it is, flux. boom, bullet time. Yes, and they do that right in the beginning. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. Like as a matter of fact, uh, uh, this whole opening sequence. Uh, was the thing that got Warner Brothers off their backs because I think the Wachowskis wanted like 60 million bucks or whatnot oh, yeah. and they would only give them like 10 million uh, so they just essentially uh, I, th I, I forget it now there's like a lot of varying stories about it but essentially they blew their entire budget on just this focusing on this one sequence like all the R&D all the set put design, all their all chips down right now and then when they can show them yep they cut it get, they knew they'd give them they, more they money. cut yeah they cut it together with some temp uh, some temp audio and threw it together throw threw it to the Warner Brothers execs and then like give those fuckers more money <laughs> like give them all of the money cuz we got something cool oh, man. uh and then the, all but you know how they even they were still cutting a lot of costs though cuz they shoot the shot this movie almost in, exclusively in Sydney Australia to avoid oh, all cut the costs yep um, you were talking about anime and now i feel like i I need to rewatch Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. But I also, I need to make you watch Serial Experiment Plane. Oh, really? I have not heard of this. That uh, There's a lot of Matrix influence that comes from that Sweet. one, too. Sweet. Um, uh, but also, these sets, even mm -hmm. to further cut the cost, a lot of these sets were reused from uh, the movie Donnie Darko. Oh, for real? Yeah, they literally just, like, you know, scavenged a whole bunch of the sets and reused it on here. Uh, although I really like the signage that they use throughout the movie. Like, oh, yeah, it's very scarce neon. Yeah. Like, it's not that, like... But it's very run-down. Yeah. Uh, like, I love the the gun ammo sign with the puff of smoke and yeah. heart of the city hotel with free TV, all that sort of thing. Well, I like that it's <clears throat> monochromatic with the neon because usually you picture that kind of Blade Runner effect where everything is Super bright, colorful, where yeah. Where everything is dark and then you just have one thing yeah. pop up. Yeah, and here it's a lot more mono monochromatic and not too distracting like that mm -hmm. and then this is a really cool bullet time shot that that's shot still kind of <laughs> screws with my head on how they were able to do it yeah while she was flying yeah um although her hand should be totally just like cut the fuck up and <laughs> going through that glass, glass. window <laughs> but i don't uh, know maybe it's a like car window glass doesn't maybe yeah well she's super powered i yeah, guess she's super powered <laughs> although uh Apparently, they cast Carrie Ann Moss simply because she reminds everyone, or the Wachowskis, of the the Major. From, oh, yeah. From Ghost in the Shell. I mean, when you look at Trinity, you're like, in an alternate universe, Carrie Ann Moss would have been an amazing Major for a live action. As good as we talk, because we've talked about how, like, how pretty, uh, a, a really good uh, choice for Ghost in the Shell was Scarlett Johansson, but... In an alternate universe, that she'd be a really good one too. I, I still feel a little bitter about uh, mm? the whole <laughs> oh Asians you can't play these roles because they're all white people, and then when there is an Asian role, mm, I think we're gonna cast a white person. Yeah. I mean, if if it went both ways. Yeah. If there were more instances of sure, Nick Fury can be black, but the yeah. fandoms like whenever somebody who's non-white plays a non-white character. They, they never let that pass. But I, if a white person plays a non-white character... I know, I'm... If it went every way. Or if it was, like... 
And low he, budget, see, and you got who you got, then that's one thing. But see, anytime I, see, anytime someone brings that up, I'm like, Michael Clark Duncan was an amazing kingpin, you bigoted fuck, yeah. and walk away. <laughs> yeah. So here's the first instance of Neo, man. Like, here's, uh. he's asleep at his computer. I love this setup. This is so fucking 90s i love it like the 90s oh, hacker look at those chunky chunky boys i know right but the the hacker's desk where like everything is within reach of a of a roller chair and he's just asleep at his desk oh yeah with... it's aggressively 90s i mm-hmm. think in about five minutes someone's gonna mention angel dust <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, lo- I love it and of course this is really cool like the the matrix has you that sort of and then of course the the famous alice uh, the alice in wonderland sort of reference follow the white rabbit oh yeah can't really it's not you're not dealing with like alternate reality philosophy unless you're doing lewis carroll are you nah nah right and then i thought this was really cool knock knock but the cool thing is like it's actual two knocks like how did how did I they know, know exactly that? Exactly that much because it's a programming language. Is it? I don't know anymore, don't know man. That. I don't know. I'm too high for this shit. <laughs> I'm too. Whoa. <laughs> Room one oh one. Oh yes, that's another thing I totally noticed. Room one oh one. Um and then there's like another like here's where things get really heady with the uh philosophy dumps. Like Oh yeah. Um, there's a moment coming up where he opens the 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 hollowed out book, like the Wachowskis apparently had everyone read this, and it's even on it's... nihilism. <laughs> John, is this fucking Rick and Morty? The IQ level is too high for me. And then of course this line like, right here: you're, "You're my own personal Jesus Christ, man." Like, wow, just. Uh, it's just, here's just where hamming it in there. Oh, they they ham it up even more so with like you need to unplug, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, but that is one of the reasons that I loved it so much as a kid. Is if this is your if you're 12 or 13 and people kind of spell out complicated philosophy for you and talk down to you about something that actually is mm-hmm. pretty high up there. It's like your first whoa like introduction <laughs> to like what was it uh philosophy 101 well, or something like that <laughs> in room 101 <laughs> trying to think of like fatalism or anti-fatalism i think is a big yeah are things set in stone and what controls what and are you in control of your own destiny and what is reality you know yeah if the movie talks down to you just a little it can get those kids who are first getting interested in those concepts oh yeah really la- like latch onto it yeah v for vendetta is an also big big like, one of the contributor to that did that hit you really hard in high school it hit no it. i didn't see v for vendetta until i was 18 oh right on yeah so while i thought it was really cool i i did not buy my guy fox mask and bring it to school <laughs> and talk about how everyone was sheep oh my god i was too at... old for that at that point point. and this club here i man. love it it's also so aggressively 90s it's well not just well i mean it's not just like the uh, the tvs up there and whatnot but yeah this is kind of i think their first instance where you know the wachowskis kind of flex their bondage fetish oh yeah oh yeah because you see All it a lot leather. more i'll see it a lot more in the, the sequels man like 
This is just like a little tease for what they had in like what was it the beginning of Re- Revolutions? Oh yeah, with the Marilyn Manson playing in the like, beginning Jesus. as everybody just fucked. <laughs> Jesus, like it was like almost a straight up orgy at that point. Here at least it's like you know I used to go to like a Goth Nation or like a Goth Night yeah. club like every Wednesday back in college, and it's vaguely like this, slightly more aggref- aggressive and more stinky of cigarettes but whatever <laughs> but um yeah this i love the interaction here uh with carrie ann and um keanu actually i believe this was supposed to be uh carrie ann's like audition tape Ooh. like they like she auditioned with this scene and that's what got her the part yeah. which is kind of cool um <clears throat> but uh this is the bit where we're finally where neo's finally getting hints that this world may not be real is this world real? Are we real? If a girl came here? up to me at a club and started t- talking to me about like how the world isn't real, I think I'd just ask her what she had. <laughs> like I don't think I'd take her seriously at a club like this. Somebody was like, you're plugged in, Neo. You don't know what it is. You need to unplug. And I'll be like, okay, let's unplug together. What you got? <laughs> Especially if she looks like Trinity. Oh, dude, if she's like dressed the, like that, it's the, like... The lesbian icon that, she, <laughs> that outfit is, like that look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, what, thinking a woman like that immediately makes you late for work. Oh, the next yeah. morning, of course. And Metacortex? Even, oh, yeah, that's that's what he's wearing. He, this, this, I think, believe... Uh, and they're, they're cleaning the windows to symbolize how his view is becoming clearer <laughs> of the new world. I mean, I'm bullshitting, but I wouldn't. No, it. it's totally on point. Like... And of course, like Mr. Authority figure here, he's he. Not only does he look like it, like with the same hair and the same suit, he and looks the, like it. He's an he's an agent. He totally is. Like yes. he's he's got that very sort of thing going on. Um, but yeah, this is like a... they keep cutting back to the window washers. I think I might be right. Yeah. He, his view is becoming clearer. Oh man! Wow, this is on the nose. Away the filth of deception. <laughs> that is what like the art movement of symbolism. Yeah. Where every piece means something can almost seem like cliche and on the nose, but that's what they're going for. Is everything is a metaphor for everything. Yeah. All the time, no subtlety. But but everything's intentional, so I can respect that too. It's yeah, that's true. A lot of care and love, and Neo's not gonna open a random book if they have a chance to throw in on simulation and nihilism. Mm. Yep. And then of course, you know, this is like what makes this movie uh, what they call a cubicle movie about those. Literally, all of them came out in 1999. Office Space, um, American Beauty, about these guys in working in office cubicles wanting to escape their reality because it's so fucking boring <laughs> I, I think we need more of that there's a million movies about teens running off into a universe like and then i can't think of any modern movies which are about the 30 year old the 40 year old who feels trapped uh, walter mitty maybe? maybe maybe that's about it but that was a little bit more outdoorsy and not so yeah. much confined to this stifling cubicle i would love a hope, culture i would love a hope punk movie directed at 40 year olds like <laughs> like harry potter or like i don't know gregor the overlander like 
or or whatever uh never-ending story where you fall into a fantasy world and go on an adventure and you come back inspired but it's like some 40 year old balding guy who hates his job and he just rescues a princess or something that would be adorable i watched the shit out of that would be great we all hate our job oh i miss that we miss this one great line where he's like oh shit and morphine's like yes that's <laughs> one of my favorite deliveries from Lawrence Fishburne in this movie um, but... I need that as like a reaction image for like when you introduce your friend to something like fucked up for the first time I'm like, when I gave you Fatal Frame 2 for the first time, you're like oh shit I'm just yes 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 Neo <laughs> but yeah dude like okay so, uh, now I'm trying to think uh, oh yeah the phone the phone is something I wanted to talk about oh yeah this fucking phone I want so badly because the way it flips out like a gun, like it just clicks, flicks out, like, oh, a, and you, yeah. push, you have to, you know, shove it back in like a gun magazine. I've wanted this phone ever since I watched it. That like, is kind of a cool. Uh... Yeah, dude. Like, and then they did it again for Reloaded and Revolutions, and literally, like, I think it was like 2004, a year after it came out. I was like on my Christmas list. I want that phone. They wanted to give me a cell phone. Like they, my parents are like, maybe you should have a cell phone. I'm like, so long as it's the one from the Matrix. <laughs> that doesn't. They don't make that anymore. <laughs> no, they actually they totally they, do? they made actual working cell phones to promote the movie back in like 2003. No, but they don't make that anymore. Not anymore. Oh, you can, although you can still buy them on eBay, but they're because they're such collectors' items. They're like two, three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I tried. I tried to buy a Walkman uh, earlier. And I forgot that audio files exist and ruin everything. Mm -hmm. I remember when records used to be 25 cents because nobody wanted them. Now everybody <laughs> wants records. And now they're like 50 oh. bucks for the double, you know, the double thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I and wanted a Walkman. It was so aesthetic. And I, I could listen to music and leave my phone at home. I like, did have a Walkman. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. It probably got broken or whatnot. You go online, they're like 120 bucks. Well, yeah, because, well, I think it's not only because they're rare, but... Star Lord happened. Star Lord happened. <laughs> All the the vapor waves. That's why I wanted. Yeah. I, wa I wanted a stupid vapor wave Walkman. <laughs> I wanted to take it home and paint it some pastel color. <laughs> walk around with Bye it. iPhone. Oh no! I wanted that phone so bad. They don't make phones dramatic anymore. No, like even back when I had my Motorola Razor, like nothing was like a more iconic like bitch move than to when you were. It's like, goodbye, and then you flip it shut with one hand. I know, right? Just pressing a button on a touch screen doesn't have that effect of slamming a phone or even just clipping it shut. Yeah, oh, see, I love the flip phones, the way that they almost feel like the communicators from Star Trek. And oh, you just yeah. flip them open. They were probably just... directly inspired Oh, totally. Totally. As a matter of fact, there's even, like, you can get uh, replica communicators that are Bluetooth connected to your yeah. phone. Um, but what I really love doing, and especially I've seen in, like, Breaking Bad and whatnot, where, you know, uh, you, they'll be talking to, like, an enemy, and then you'll hear gunfire on the other end, and they just break Snap the phone in half. the burner phone. Like, I yes. love that, dude. I love that. Like, phones need to be more aesthetically pleasing like in movies. It's, it's... Oh, okay. So this here. Okay. Big deal. Because I found out about this literally today. Oh, did you pause and read the papers? I or? looked at the papers, but if you look really, really fucking closely at uh, his, um, his passport and ID... Yeah. Um, and you'll see it. It's upside down, so you can't really see it right here. But oh, if you yeah, pause and pause turn it upside it. down, you'll note that his he got his uh, his um, uh, his ID issued uh, in September of 1991, and it expires 
September 11th, 2001. That's weird. That is super fucking weird. It's weird. I mean, it, it lines up, but gosh. Like, it, it's, I, I believe uh, the, it's, it's the, the date. Yeah, the date, that was the shot right there. Yeah. Um, but the date it was issued was September 12th, 1991, and it expires September 11th, so of 2001. So Agent Smith did 9-11? Maybe. Maybe. Illuminati confirmed, I guess. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? It probably wasn't Agent Smith, because as you saw, when we zoomed into this scene, yeah. it was, as we, we didn't know it at the time, but that's totally the architect's wall of TVs. Architect did 9-11. The architect of 9-11. Oh, my God. Woo! How can jet fuel melt steel beams unless you change the coating, everybody? <laughs> oh, my God. That's just a really crazy thing, a coincidence. I did not know that until, like, two hours before. Oh, him, yeah. Which is 9-11 is just a, just a weird number. Yeah. Like, those are the two. When I check my phone at night, which is, like, I usually check between, like, 9 and 9.30 when I'm starting to get tired. Mm-hmm. When it's 9-11, I remember that it's 9-11, and that haunts me for the rest of the night. Oh. Even if it's like a 1 in 30 chance, it's like, yep. Oh, man. There we go. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this interrogation scene is really cool. I do like the, uh, the white interior as opposed to, like, you know, I'm... other... Because you know, I was gonna say like he's wearing all white here. Where in his hacker room and when he's Neo, his wardrobe's predominantly black. Yeah, yeah, that's actually. So ooh, there yeah, could be good. a loss of innocence type thought going into the wardrobe. Or well, I do know that Keanu's wardrobe when before he gets unplugged is. Uh, you know, I love that. I give you the <laughs> finger and you give me my fucking phone call, bitch. Um, oh yeah, no, but, that, uh... I thought that was so badass. <laughs> I may or may not have like had seen the finger before, but this solidified it as like a badass. Like at that point, it had power because I could use this to win arguments. Now it's like you just you don't argue with them. You deadpan look them in the eye and then just finger them. Boom. Boom. Don't, don't finger them. That's, <laughs> no, no, I mean that is a good way to end an argument, but. <laughs> Not what I was saying. But anyway, yeah, no, his, <laughs> okay. but his wardrobe, they made him wear like significantly tighter clothing, so he felt constrained. But yeah, th this I thought was fucking weird, crazy. The whole mouth thing, like that's oh, that's so trippy, <laughs> right? Like, and I love how they actually put makeup to cover up his mouth and that sort of thing for this bit right here. It's just like so messed up. Uh. Yeah, this this is. This really is like something out of a bad dream, which it is. Being held down by three strong men. Um, although I thought this this effect was really cool, the uh, the bug. Oh yeah. Um, apparently that's not entirely CG though. Like they have like an actual prop and they enhance it. Like obviously this stuff is, but when yeah. it actually you know goes into his belly button like, like it's about to. Okay. There's an actual like prop that you'll see, like when it moves around. Um, so this is CG. This, this, a little no, that's a, a prop with CG enhancements. Okay. And then that was an actual prosthetic, that's... which is, and then it goes straight in, which is really cool. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the it's the James Cameron method of using multiple different mediums of special effects to hide the one effect. Oh know? yeah, no, that's like, always good to do with CG. If you go full CG, then it, it doesn't look real. It can look real now, but. It'll get dated really fast as her eyes get better Especially with better CG. Especially in 99. You put a, yeah, you put a five-year lifespan on it. Yeah. If if you do full CG. Mm-hmm. 
And even if it's good, like, at best, it's going to be, like, 10 years anyway. Yeah. So. Because we're just improving so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so now we get the phone call from the man, the myth, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, God. This guy has such presence. He's actually the only one who just, like, read the script. Totally got it and signed on. Oh, like the yeah. other, the others were like, "What, what the? What does this mean?" And Lawrence is <laughs> like, "I know what it means." I, they they actually had to give him that book. Uh, I, oh God, I forget what it was. A simuli or something. I forget what it was. Simuli, the one that he opened. Yes. That he had stuff um, in. But uh, they had the Wachowskis had them all the actors read it. Like that was an essential reading to prior to the, for the script. Mm-hmm. Um, totally went over almost everyone except for Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know he was like the one who's like. I don't know if anyone's going to make this movie because it's so smart. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, it's not that smart. For the time, it totally was. I oh, think. yeah. For, yeah. The, for the time, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's... Yeah. I think it, it deals with high-level philosophy, but, like, the movie itself doesn't have, like, that subtlety and nuance to say that... I, I guess you'd have to ask... You'd have to question, like, how good of an adaptation it is of the philosophy, or -hmm. just, oh, I found this cool philosophical principle, and I want to incorporate it into my movie. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, it succeeds at introducing these sorts of obscure philosophies to, like, your average Joe viewer, and having them think about that for the first time. It's a good stepping stone. It's it's a really good first stepping stone towards these things. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally agree. Like, when you first hear, like... There are multiple dimensions. There could be another you in another world. That mm-hmm. if you had made this choice, it sends your mind into like a spiral of yeah. And, of or thought. in this case, it's like this reality just isn't completely real. It's all just one one big simulation, which begs the question of you know what is virtual reality, but just you know um, uh, the actual reality to a computer because all yeah. to a computer all v- reality is virtual. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, and, you know, that... I mean, the, this world can't be a simulation because, like, if you think of how, like, a physicist would do things, like, rounding things off, we'd have silly things, like, there'd be a limit on how fast we can go, mm-hmm. or, you know, zero would be an absolute number, or, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that, well, I did, I, I mentioned this on the Inception thing. We were talking about, like, some of our worst nightmares and dreams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. One of them, I swear to God, it was the most realistic dream I've ever had in my life, and I still remember it to this day. Yeah. I woke up from the Matrix, but it's not like the movies. Oh, It's yeah. totally different. And if for listeners out there, if you want to hear that full story, go ahead and check out the Inception uh, commentary. You'll hear about it that in full in there. Um, but there was a time where I totally just felt like I woke up from the Matrix. Like, I was in pain, and there were things going into me and i actually passed out from the pain and went back to that reality like normally that's the point where you just wake up right Mm -hmm. but it kept going and it wasn't until i felt myself be reinserted that i woke up in my bed in a cold sweat oh yeah man so maybe it's wrong but maybe it's a simulation you guys should do better on the simulation though like there's a there's a good amount of of stress that a, a person should have that just, you know, keeps them interested and keeps them from questioning too much. But I think you guys haven't distributed it right. Yeah. You know, just, 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 if it's a simulation, can you make it nicer? And then I'll chill. 
then sure use my body as a battery i don't care well i think that's a win-win well they, well, they did make try it that a little nicer they did try that that was the first matrix remember no but they, they made it a utopia you have to give like people a little bit of stress well Otherwise, they that, that was, well that was the 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 beta version yeah. and then there's this version the matrix like timeline especially after the uh no, I'm talking about our life right now. Okay. Is that, is that they should give us a more appropriate level of stress. Oh, right. Humans humans are broken. You do too much. You get anxiety. You Pump. don't do enough. You get depression. What, what the fuck, machines? Ta- machines, take a big note from Hugsley and just pump me full of Soma. This is just my... <laughs> that's not a bad dystopia. <laughs> if you could live in any dystopia, like mine would be Brave New World. Totally. Because you know you question it. Yeah. The, the author intended it to be one of those boring disputes on communism is bad, wah, wah, wah. But I think it's an interesting reflection on whether freedom or happiness is... Totally. Because everything is like, if someone's like, well, what if you disagree with the government? Uh, you go live on Iceland. Yeah. Like, Dude, it's totally. not that bad. Don't people need mental breakdowns every once in a while to be healthy? It's like, yeah, you get that induced at a medical facility and yeah. then you leave. Yep. It's like, or just, you know, head over to the uh, the skin flicks, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if you hate your job? It's like you're programmed to like your job. Right? So it's not so bad. I mean, it, I might not choose to live there right now, but from any dystopia, if I Brave ha- yeah. New World, I would yeah. live in Brave New World. Totally. It's not that bad. Totally. Although, would, would you want to be in the Matrix, though? Because that's the, because like this whole bit that's coming up with the uh, the blue pill, red pill thing. Um, actually, that's another really it's good question. It's interesting, because if I were in the Matrix, I wouldn't know I was in the Matrix. Unless you were, like, one of those red pills that had that, you know, he describes it as the splinter in your mind and whatnot. Like, you're always slightly off balance, and you always slightly feel like you're always dreaming and whatnot. That's how I am all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you be able to live with that? Because that's the if thing. If I were a splinter, maybe not. But, like, usually if you were to be transported into a dystopia, you'd know. If you were transported into the Matrix and weren't told, you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm -hmm. Your day-to-day life would probably not change. It's just the knowledge that somebody... That it's not physically real. It doesn't matter if it's physically real. That may... Okay. In your experience, does it, like, matter if it's a program or not? Uh, I don't know. Um, Personally, the... If I were as pre- if I was presented with the uh, the blue pill red pill, totally would take the blue pill. Is that the one where you don't? Even... Yeah, where I just wake oh, up. Oh yeah, because red pill means that you, you... wake up. Yeah, because that's what red pill guys are like. Is we realize. Well, see, like the red pill. If I take the red pill, that means I'm just going back to that nightmare that oh, I woke yeah. up from, and I'm like, oh hell no, nah, I seen that shit. I'm staying here. Y'all can take my 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 thermal and kinetic uh, energies. That's fine. Just keep me in here. I'm cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to go out there <laughs> and fight those scary-ass robots. Especially with the environment going shit. If we escaped from, like, the Matrix and it was a total machine world, we'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> There's no natural resources left. Hey, machines, can you just take us back and... It's, just it's, reprogram. It's reboot it. It's a very it. green way to provide for humans. Just <laughs> chug things into us, chug us out, and give us a fulfilling life. <laughs> there you go. I feel like all the people in the Matrix have sentience, right? Well, see, the thing is, like, all the humans in the Matrix, they 99% of them totally accept the reality. Yeah. Whereas the 1%, you know, like Neo, are the ones that are like, Something's not right. You know, subconsciously, they reject the Matrix. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm talking about every person in the Matrix is a real person, yes. right? Yes, yes. 
with the exception Ex- of like the agents and, and programs and whatnot yeah. running around. I think that would be what would fuck me up the most is if I knew about the Matrix and I was talking to somebody, I'd be like, "Are you real? Did you ever have that like thought when you were a kid? It's like, what if everybody else is a robot except me?" Man, it's... <laughs> see, this is the time. What if I'm the only real person in the world? And everything <laughs> else is just like NPCs. That will. Hmm. If it was, well, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be very lonely, wouldn't it? And no, none of your relationships would be fulfilling if you like got married and settled down, and you always had that doubt: is like, is this just an agent to placate me? Is, is this, this like a program? Am I in the Truman Show? Yeah, yeah that's another. That's another Truman thing. Shows. Truman Show is fucking great, and as a matter of fact, that that movie uh, had so many wonderful philosophies that I think even do better than this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it actually spawned a mental illness called the Truman Syndrome. Oh, where you think you're being watched, or you yeah. think that people are interfering with your life? In, in both both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a combination of things. Because I, with the Matrix, at least I'd know that we're all in this fake reality together and our actions affect the fake reality and each other and we're real people here together truman show would be way worse for me yeah to know that not just the physical stuff of the world is fake but the emotional stuff of the world is fake yeah break uh, my heart see it's the emotional stuff that's really heartbreaking but um since everyone know is not in the know it's a little bit better because at least you're not alone in that sense yeah. Um, it's the red pills who are alone because they're the ones who feel disconnected and subconsciously. And you can't tell your friends. They think you were a freakazoid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This is what I thought was really cool. The the, the mirror. Yeah, which is, you know. And doesn't like, it crawl up his hands? And yes, that's a really yes. cool effect. That's a really cool effect with the, you know, the, what was it? Uh, um, into the, it's quite literally into the looking glass, oh, which yeah. I fucking love. And, uh, you know, the sensation. In Soviet Matrix looking glass goes into you. <laughs> uh, wait, so does he turn into Silver Surfer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, so, as you know, Marvel's, like, talking about getting Keanu Reeves in the MCU. Uh, a lot of talk. I would love to see Keanu as Silver Surfer. I'd watch that. Although, coincidentally enough, do you know who is Silver Surfer in the uh, the, the Fantastic Four sequel from way back? No, because I didn't watch Fantastic Four. It was voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. Hey! hey. <laughs> and here he is, man, waking up in the pod. Oh, God, that is so cool. Like, I don't even know what kind of gelatin stuff that they were doing there, but, man, that production design is A+. Plus, oh, you know? Yeah. Dude, yeah. That whole sensation of, like, the tube pulling out. Yeah, I experienced that in my dream, too. Oh, like, yeah. Was... And the womb imagery yeah. the womb imagery and the 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 plugs love the uh, the prosthetic design in there and the how they were able to put it with wet you know that that, that kind of a wet set sort oh of it's look always to it. harder to do when you're in water yeah and plus keanu reeves like f- you know fully committed as always he shaved his entire body just for this scene like this was like one of the last scenes that they did so it, it's crazy and then and then you see that he is this, not the only one. This revelation. Like, I love how even his pupils seem fully dilated. Like, when he just looks out and sees the power plant. That's some fucked up stuff right there. Isn't that the only way to keep people alive, though? 
Um, weren't the people like this is animatrix stuff that I don't remember, but like weren't the people trying to destroy the machines and instead of killing us all, they were like, "You can be better." Well, no. See, the thing was yeah. because they we blotched out the sky in the real world. Yeah. Like it's some it, from what I've read from the stuff, it's like a nanite based thing. Oh, like yeah. uh, they were supposed to, like the machines were overrunning Africa and Eurasia. Mm-hmm. And to the point where they're like, we can't win, so we're just going to block out the sky because the machine war is, or the 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 war machine is mostly solar powered. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they put it out over the territories that they had already captured, but the nanites spread un- uncontrollably and blotched out the entire planet. I think that's what we've learned is that <clears throat> anything battle related, don't give AI to. Yeah, no. AI is for marketing algorithms ai is not for, for search any, engines nothing that has missiles should ever have ai uh yeah. yeah no kidding like holy shit i still like get extremely disturbed from the second renaissance part one and two from Ugh. the animatrix because it's not just the imagery that it evokes and how it takes like classic uh you know still images from history especially like 20th century history mm-hmm. um and uses it in a much more violent and vicious way but it's just the idea that, man, that people are capable of doing things, not just to each other, but to their own creations. Have you ever read, um, I have no mouth, but I must scream? No. Okay, so I think there are three main AIs in the future that fight wars for us. Mm-hmm. So like Russia, China, and the US are this constant AI war. And we basically wipe all the humans out, and then all the AIs consolidate into one big eye called, like, Am, or something. Mm-hmm. And he keeps, like, six humans alive, and just tortures them. Forever oh, and ever. Because he has nothing better to do after he's won the war, and wiped out all of humanity. Bruh. So you go into, like, these six people's backstories, and all their regrets, and it's... Dude. It's chilling and awful and Ooh. terrible, and I highly recommend it if you get a good uh, dramatic reading of it that you can find online. It's twenty minutes. Max. Oh, dude, it's a I'll check it story. out. Dude, I'll check it out because that sounds a lot like what happened after the war. Like because you know the machines get and because the first like when they blotched out the sky and whatnot, we started winning, but then they just started. Uh, they figured out fusion power. And they started uh, making new cephalopod things, sort of like the sentinels that you see in this. And they also captured human POWs and used their thermal and kinetic as like a sort of revenge, also, revenge fuel. Yeah. Um, and then they decided once they won, they're just going to like, we're just going to do that because. You, you, <laughs> you get the vibe that it's just for entertainment. Because if you think about it, like if humans were trying to destroy machines that had artificial intelligence their main protocol would be to defend themselves against the humans by annihilating all the humans. Then what do you do after you annihilate all the humans? Yeah. Do you just sit down and cool your processors? I feel like they'd want to keep humans alive to do something with their massive brains. Yeah, that's because that's the... That was and the, body horror could be an oh, interesting yeah. way to pass your time. That That's... Well, I mean, I think it was um, because they were, like, scrambling for an alternate power source because the sun was gone. And because the sun was gone, the planet was ravaged completely yeah. with all sources uh, going out. So in between practicality and revenge, they sort of found it. Mm-hmm. And it just was more happenstance. And it wasn't like, we're going to do this because we hate you. No, but it the was Matrix because... would be way more dystopian. Way more. <laughs> and less, oh, average life yeah. type. There's a little bit of humaneness to just, 
oh, it's exactly like your world. Oh, and then there's this here where Morpheus is explaining that it's closer to 2199. Apparently, again, this is where the Matrix ethos gets kind of fuzzy. But because there have been, you know, five different versions of the one before him, it's actually closer to 2699. Well, Morpheus... Can't but, tell the whole. Oh past. yeah, he doesn't. It's, it's what he knows. Yeah, in literally, his no one knows. Oh yeah, dude, no one knows that. No one knows that. Um, but uh, and apparently, there's also stuff like on the wikis and where wherever that the uh, the the first machine war before they machines completely took over. It was like in the twenty second century, not the twenty first. Where Phil of um, the future is from. So, who knows? Like, because according to this, the Nebuchadnezzar was made in twenty sixty nine. But I always thought that. Maybe the Nebuchadnezzar, or at least the uh, the the plate that they show, that you know it says formed in 2069. Maybe that was off of just something else. Oh yeah. You know, like another battle carrier or whatnot, and they just used the scrap and just bolted it on there and like Nebuchadnezzar, booyah! Uh, I do love the introduction of the crew. Switch, the albino uh, white-haired woman. Yeah. She's an interesting case. I actually read up on her several years ago. Apparently, there was, it was supposed, and this is kind of like a planting seed for how, how the Wachowski brothers became the Wachowski sisters. Oh, yeah. Um, Switch was supposed to be a man in the Matrix, but a woman in the, in the real world. Oh. Yeah. Hence the name Switch. Interesting. Yeah. That could have been a cool concept to go it, into in, in like an Animatrix type story. It totally would have. I'm surprised they didn't completely it, run with that. It would have played kind of that was creepy that was weird <laughs> the, the... edgy to mainstream audiences but if it were a bonus feature that could be totally and this whole movie is about introducing philosophies that okay in the, in the 90s like we didn't have too many well-written stories about that yeah but although it's it still would play with the idea progressive identity idea, ideas through science fiction is nothing new mm-hmm that would have been really fun. Uh, so to say but, my physical body is one thing, but my mental identity is another. And... Yeah, and it's so strong that it carries over into the reality of the Matrix. Oh. So that would have been really interesting. I mean, uh, I I think they it just would switch. Be yes. Would it be their their real life mind projected into the Matrix? Because you're saying it like their Matrix mind projected into reality and changed their gender, which. It could go either way, honestly. More like the I machines are like, you have a male brain, you get a male body in the Matrix, and then you wake up and I totally forget. have gender dysphoria. I, I totally forget. Maybe that's why they decided to chuck it, but at the same time, I really wish they pursued it, because that still would have been an, an interesting thing. Although, then again... It's an interesting bonus short to like look into some of yeah, the side as characters. A sh- as an then... Animatrix, for, for the short for the Animatrix, that would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe, but I feel like they did chuck it because they were in favor of, you know pushing neo's story and the main characters yeah and no i can see how that would be bloated in the context yeah. of the main yeah. movie but they did all those shorts yeah so that yeah. would be a cool story to tell in all those extra things that do one more animatrix dude that would be amazing i would be more looking forward to that than that what then, do you think that the fourth one's gonna be i have no idea usually when an 80s film gets rebooted in the 2000s it's about harrison ford being old and his estranged <laughs> child from when he was like Joseph Joe starring all over the world, knocking up every fucking woman that he sees. I have no idea. All I know is... Uh, Harrison wa- Ford's not there to have children, so what is L- this? Gonna- Lily, uh, Lily Wachowski is not involved. He's She's doing something else. Lana is co-writing and directing. 
They've got Keanu and they've got Carrie Ann. That's all we know. All right. I don't know how that's going to work because they're literally the two characters that died in Revolutions. Yeah, and there's always this awkward thing with the reboots is that's like 20 years later, but it's an arbitrary 20 years later. It's not a good passing of time no. for the story, but it's just the time that passed in real life because we have to bring these same actors back. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But, uh, oh, in this uh, this whole sequence is kind of the prelude to the second Renaissance, which still continues to blow my mind, um, especially in how it... Because it to- it's to the point where I want to see... Uh, if I'm going to see another Matrix movie, I kind of want to see it from the perspective of the Animatrix, the, the second Renaissance and how the machines took over. Because this stuff is just fascinating and how in because i'm always obsessed with like uh alternate realities and alternate history stories oh yeah um so that just really appeals to my uh my my what if sentimentality i guess yeah uh but so i would love to see that especially to see you know this stuff brought back in live action because you know especially for 1999 visuals like this was just beautiful and nightmarish like i love the cephalopod designs and the they look like, you know, alien eggs going up the tubes. And I'd say, like, scenes that are full CGI can sometimes just look incredibly beautiful, like, and just be... When they're super stylized like that, yeah. 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 And then this was just horrible <laughs> with the with the baby. You know, that's like, that's a, you know, that's like an animatronic, but still, it's just like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can tell that looks like one of those uh, hyper-realistic dolls that they have. Mm-hmm. For grieving mothers or whatever they use those for. But either way, like that's yeah. that's some cool shit right there. Um, and then I watch it. Play and then this is the uh, where Neo finally takes everything in with the magic of po- product placement. Duracell. <laughs> I love Duracell. I have a sign that says I love Duracell. This in my episode basement. brought to you by Duracell. <laughs> I have a sign that says I love Duracell in my basement. You're kidding. I'm, I'm not. We had a chalkboard and we wrote it on there and we haven't erased it. Um, but it was, I think, back when we had the Nintendo Wii with the rechargeable batteries. Oh my god. When I first got rechargeable batteries. I loved them so much. Oh my god. That we were like, yay! Oh my these god. are the best things oh ever. My god. Oh we my love god. Duracell on the wall. Oh my god, I can't breathe. I don't believe it. I can't breathe. I'm gonna, much... I'm gonna pop. You're gonna pop. <laughs> <laughs> no, rechargeable batteries were the shit back in like 2005. Yeah, they totally were, You were like, what do you mean I don't have to throw stuff away anymore? <laughs> now we don't even have batteries. No. You walk into the store and you buy a pack of batteries and it's like everybody knows you've got a vibrator. <laughs> because that's the only thing you'd be buying batteries for in 2019. <laughs> batteries for my like my remote control and oh, my yeah. stuff and well whatnot. you're a man so well, okay very fair <laughs> remote controls can last years on batteries if you go in Aldi and you buy a pack of batteries every week it's like should i hook you up with something Are you okay <laughs> brings up an interesting question a really interesting question speaking of okay. vi- speaking of vibrators. vibrators are there vibrators in those pods it that brings up a question <laughs> and i'm gonna bring up wet dreams for a bit and see how you feel. if you're dreaming sometimes you want realistic 
feelings to happen and <laughs> it won't happen because it's not physically happening to yeah. you. Uh, like, if you try to go to the bathroom in, in a dream, you'll wake up and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Or you'll pee. Nobody just has a dream where they go to the bathroom. Yeah. You either wake up or you wet the bed. Yeah. Same thing with, like, sex dreams is not in a dream. <laughs> it doesn't work. Even when I'm lucid dream, I can summon whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> doesn't work. So maybe so... they need... I mean, if, if you want to keep the humans happy, maybe they need some sort of insert. They got all the other plugs. Why not? And then they probably just collect, like, the dropped eggs and the semen to make oh, the humans. Oh, that's a good thing, is they have to milk these humans somehow. Yeah, they will. Way I mean, they easier got... than cutting them open and harvesting bits. Oh, wow. You can't collect the eggs, though. No. Wait, wait, not from an organ. The eggs don't come out. <laughs> Well, I mean, they they would you probably have, have to, to cut up they they would probably the have women. something surgically. Man, that's weird, crazy. How do they make the babies? Or do they just have DNA and test tubes that they do in a totally asexual way in another? Probably. Yeah. I guess. You could get clones and and some sort of advanced, I guess. Uh, what do you call like a membrane? Yeah. And just insert DNA in. That's wow. See, it's questions like this that make Which this means universe. over time, if you did it completely um, synthetic, yeah, well, they, then it would be like these factory farmed animals that are all like clones of each other. Well, stuff. they do say that they're all like they're artificially born, yeah. artificially grown, and whatnot. Yeah, but are they artificially inseminated by combining things in a traditional way, or do you combine a real egg and sperm and then put it in a tube, or can you just synthetically make humans? I don't know. See, these are interesting questions. Like, if you think I about... I hope these the Wachowskis are writing this down, because <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> if you think about bananas, do you know all bananas are clones? Really? All bananas are genetically identical to each other. They actually all burned down in the 1950s, mm -hmm. except for, like, the seeds that they saved. Which is why, like, candy banana flavor does not taste like bananas. Yeah, no. Because those bananas died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bananas used to take, taste like that. In 1940, like the old Chiquita banana was singing about a completely different flavor. Fascinating. They're all clones now. Wow. And if a virus affects a crop of bananas down in South America, yeah, the whole field dies. Damn. There's no genetic diversity because we killed bananas. We now have the domesticated banana. Shit, so that's crazy. So if the crazy. machines were growing us. Maybe it's like the banana. Then there could be they 40 even look, Keanu Reeves. Look, they even have like those banana-like structures for oh. when they are harvesting the humans. And oh, that's fucked up. Oh yeah. Although this is cool though. I wish learning was this easy. Yeah. That learning was this easy, where you just plug me into the back, hit load, and then boom! Holy shit! I know kung fu. Oh man! <laughs> like, dude, that would be awesome. You want some more? Hell oh, yeah. yeah! Shoot me up with some just, kung fu. Oh yeah. <laughs> this um, is legitimately how I think drunken the boxing. Works. I love that's actually a reference to one of uh, the fight choreographer uh, Wu Ping. He actually did like this style called drunken boxing for a movie. Oh yeah, so the they, drunken yeah. master type. Yeah, they so they did that sort of thing, which is really cool. Like the guys were big fans of Wu Ping and his fight choreography, so mm -hmm. they literally went out of their way to get him. And he's like, "Look, I read your script. It's really good. Don't want to do it." And then they're like, come on. And they're like, all right, I'll do it for, like, he, he na named a number that I th they thought was going to be way too high. And they're like, sure, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> so, like. We'll show that Trinity scene. They'll give us a shit ton so of money. No worries. So, <laughs> Wu Ping and his wire team were, like, really, <laughs> like, co really were coerced. And 
uh, they did all the stuff in here and it was awesome. And speaking of which, we're about to see some like real heady martial arts here for the, uh, the, the, uh, the training program where these guys, these guys trained for like six months straight before this movie. Oh yeah. And Keanu Reeves was a real trooper because he actually screwed up uh, his spine and he had to have some neck surgery. So if you see him training back in like 97, 98 for this movie, he's wearing a neck brace. Oh, wow. Because he had, he had neck surgery and everything. so and he kept training on. He kept training straight through it, man. Like, he, like, Keanu Reeves is not really the greatest actor in the world, but the dude is one hell of a performer. Oh, yeah. Like, this dude is dedicated for the long, uh, balletic sort of kung fu that uh, goes for these type of movies. And it can almost be better to be, uh, like, a hard worker and a trooper than to be a good actor. Cause you Absolutely. Have these actors who are great at their craft and then get a big ego about it and aren't willing to learn how to do an accent or that's... aren't willing to, you know, be in a stunt. See, that's when you get movies like Mortal Kombat, <laughs> where you have actors who can't fight and fighters who can't act. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then, the, yeah, but the, I love the uh, the dojo set. Like, I think this is, like, one of the first things that they did for this sort of thing. Um, although, uh, for some of these shots, uh, like, Keanu's uh, stunt stunt guy, he wound up uh, going to uh, direct Keanu in John Wick. Oh! John Wick, yeah, dude. John, that was a stunt double in this scene. Yeah, the John Wick, uh, John Wick's director-writer was Keanu Reeves' uh, stunt double for this movie. Oh. And for all the other movies, too. It was fucking cool. And even you can see, like, even though there are some scenes with the stunt double. Oh, there's a couple. You what? learn enough of your craft so that your face is on screen. Yeah. For oh. as much as it, possible. Especially so for these long takes. Because as you see, these guys are shooting wide-angle long shots. Like, they're not doing a whole lot of quick cuts. They're, they're really trying to show the action. This is really cool. Just the gong as he fl does the big flip. And even so, Morpheus is like, bitch. I forgot the gong up. was there. We watch these on mute. <laughs> yeah, we so do. So that it doesn't interfere with our talking. That and so Warner Brothers isn't like, give us money. Yeah. Which is a <laughs> fucking shame because the soundtrack is awesome. Amazing. And I also love the way they. I just... had the CD from Reloaded from the library. Oh. I listen to that all the time. Oh, dude. Like Mona Lisa Overdrive. Is that the, the one with the twins the free... fighting them on the. On yes. The freeway? That song was my jam. Okay. That, see. I played that when I was really late for work, and I had to get to my work in under 10 minutes. <laughs> you shouldn't speed. Don't speed, kid. <laughs> no, don't. Unless you're on a bus, and <laughs> there's a bomb. And there's a bomb, and there's Sandra Bullock. If there's Sandra Bullock. <laughs> if, Sandra, if you find yourself on a bus with Sandra Bullock with a bomb, then by all means, speed. Because <laughs> Keanu Reeves is bound to be showing up any second. Also, it doesn't matter how big your bus is. As long as there's a ramp, you can make a jump. If there's no ramp, <laughs> you know, don't you're try fucked. it. But if there's a ramp, don't be held back by the size. <laughs> Some guy dropped a feather off the Tower of Pisa to prove this 500 years ago or yep. something. That's uh. my physics lesson. <laughs> Although, fuck physics in this world right here, because oh, well, this is where we go crazy I with, think the, rules with are... the wire foo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the wire foo is fucking cool. And then I love this effect coming up, like, where he goes, where, where, <laughs> come on, stop trying to hit me and hit me, where it goes like this, foom, 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 foom. And I love that little insert with mouse. It's oh, like, I love yeah. it. He's so cute. And then there, yeah. with, with the crazy, uh, I love the effects with the multiple things. Like, that's so Japanimation. Oh, yeah. You know? like It's so what you'd see in a comic book still. Yes. Or even, like, when you're drawing animation to make 
things Ma- look faster and more kinetic and that sort of thing have you looked at uh like have you paused really good animated films in the middle of them they have like these, these stills that look really bad but when you play them yeah it's such a smooth transition yeah i mean like even chuck jones doing that in his uh roadrunner cartoons he'll have these um in between frames where the characters are in these weird stretch or flow kind of movements yeah they're to stretched tra- or they have like three eyes and it- to tr- better transfer in between frames to so your eyes register it better oh, as yeah. fluid movement that is the number one thing i hate about sometimes when i watch anime yeah is oh there's a Whoa.give. Hey, they're very focused on making each frame pretty, and they're very focused on making the drawing yeah. look good, that they forget about the animation. Sometimes you can watch it and be like, this is beautifully animated, and then go, wait, nobody's moved in two minutes. <laughs> it's not beautifully animated. It's beautifully drawn, which... Yeah. yeah. Animated is beautifully moving an object. If beautifully you... drawn is making a beautiful background. If you watch, I think... Yu-Gi-Oh! There's a scene where they have, like, a card. That turns the monsters into American-style cartoons. Oh? And the American-style cartoons' advantage is that it can move faster. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Their stuff kind of... They actually, it's pretty, but it's static. They draw. What was it? I think they draw like what eighteen frames a second for for American, where it's like in Japan, it's like thirteen, twelve. Oh, sometimes they just have one image that they scroll through. Oh, like sometimes when somebody's looking intense at somebody, they have like one image where the camera just moves mm-hmm. and it tricks you into thinking it's animated. Yeah, yeah, where they just have like a long backdrop that they just pan, pan with. over. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. And then of course this. This whole idea, like, your mind makes makes it real when he pulls out blood. If you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. Which still doesn't quite make sense to me, but... It's psychosomatic. People can, like, believe that they're in pain through insanity and feel that pain in real life. I don't think it would make you physically bleed, but it could put your brain under a shock where if you believe your body's dead your brain will shut down yeah it's, it's the it's the when it's the bleeding that doesn't because yeah. D- like transfer. when you see you know future ep- like characters like they get shot up you know automatically they start convulsing and then blood just spurts out of their mouth and whatnot i'm like yeah. how does that work it would be a secondary reaction like if you got shot then your body would start like your heart would start palpitating really really fast and mm-hmm. it would send all of the blood in the platelets to like the middle of your body and your hands would go numb like you're dying of blood loss in real life because your body really does think all the blood needs to keep going there yeah see that i can under get by it's just the it's a real principle they just stretched it too far yeah but then again i guess it works better for to communicate with the audience and whatnot yeah this scene is fucking cool okay i gotta stop because this matrix the the uh all the extras you see they're all identical twins they're all identical twins, so you further get this sort of sense of deja vu. Oh. So, like, if you look at some of the extras, you'll see they pop up again, or there's two next to each other that looks really similar. That's because they're all to go uh, beyond twins. just having repeating outfits. Yeah, that's... they they all they're all identical, um, which some is subliminal stuff, right? <laughs> and that's where things just get really nuts. And then, of course, the woman in the red dress. Oh boy. And if you thought she was hot then, look again. 
oh shit. <laughs> I think that this this scene would have be, been made about 12 times better if Agent Smith was still wearing the red dress. <laughs> I want to see Hugo Weaving in that dress. <laughs> red lipstick and all. Red lipstick and all. He can pull it off. And instead of... I've seen him as an elf. He can pull off damn clothing. Absolutely. And he, hey, he, he wore red really well as Red Skull. Oh, you're so... right. <laughs> oh my God. Look. Yeah, man. Like, swap out his giant Desert Eagle agent pistol with, like, a snub nose. Or, like, one of the little, like, lipstick guns. Yeah. Like, totally spots or something. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, and then, of I course. I want to see Agent Smith. And, of course, Philosomorpheus. <laughs> I like that the gun is in front of his head in one eye. And oh, not yeah, in front dude. Of his head in the other. Dude, the way. The way... Like, his death is uncertain yes but dude the way they frame morpheus's like mirror glasses is always amazing like my favorite of course was you know the blue pill and red pill one pill on uh, one eye one pill on the other oh yeah like dude anytime i don't know how they were able to using do it using that almost as like a comic book panel yeah device absolutely like that's really frank miller like, oh yeah uh, style kind of framing and whatnot mm -hmm. but what i really love it but you know what makes it even more surreal and much more frustrating in real life what? that the fact that he d his glasses don't have arms on the side they just kind of suspend there and you're like whenever you try to cosplay uh, him you feel like you need to have spirit gum so it doesn't fall <laughs> off your face because i've done that before i've tried putting it on there and trying to balance it and then immediately it just falls off and i'm like fuck oh <laughs> so man some outfits just are about making them impossible to cosplay. I know, right? I mean, yeah. especially for you poor women. Oh, oh my god. god. Did you know that they make um they make like prosthetic like anime boobs that you can wear? Yes. 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 That so that you can just have that level of reveal without any of the risk of popping out. Yep. Yep, and it's all like tacked in and everything and whatnot yeah. and everything's anatomically perfect and totally and you unrealistic. You can sexualize women, but please make the outfits Obey normal physics. R well, no. So that nip slips don't happen. <laughs> Anime has totally, totally different laws of physics. Uh, especially and... the boob physics. No, actually, have you it's read the... It's getting a lot... I have read it. It's getting a lot better. I think it's it's interesting to watch now that most people have normal colored hair. Yeah. There'll be like one person in each modern series who has pink hair, and it's like, okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's very true. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it still gets kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Morpheus is like one of the few uh, impossible costumes <laughs> with that with those fucking sunglasses. I, I bet you just have to like squint your eyebrows around it like a monocle. No, you literally have to spirit gum that thing. Really? On. You have to because you can't just go like this. No, no you no. <laughs> I mean, you'd either have to have those things clamped on hard, yeah. or and which would be really painful over time. Oh yeah. Or you, you have to spirit. Yeah. Or you have to spirit gum it because otherwise, just and you know. And even if you could wear it a whole day, you'd probably have to get a. Totally. Like sizing on it, you'd have to. This is another thing that uh, I always question because I'm really fascinated with the Matrix timeline, the sewers that they go through. Like obviously, um, you know, throughout uh, uh, the war and whatnot, obviously humanity would be going underground and trying to hide from the machines and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know how the hell they were able to build all of this and also Zion because I know, I know for a fact that Zion was incomplete by the time they took over everything mm -hmm. and they only released the people who subconsciously rejected the matrix to Zion to have a perceived resistance grow until and like recruit people from the matrix 
who also subconsciously rejected it until the Matrix was at 100% level working capacity, and then they would just wipe out Zion and start the process all, yeah. all over again. That's what you do with the Resistance, is you'd want to not try to completely destroy them, but to, like, move them somewhere else. Like, give... I would give them the illusion of choice. I'd almost give them a simulation. That's totally what they do. The, of fighting the Matrix. Oh, so it's like a simulation Inside with a, a simulation. simulation. Oh, I that's some Rick. That. That's some Rick, Rick and Morty shit. <laughs> that's yes, some Rick and Morty but shit. But that's right what there. I would do if I had rebellious humans. I wouldn't try to wipe them all out because there's always going to be rebellious humans. I was talking about in Brave New World how they just ship you to Iceland. They don't try to kill you. Yeah. Until you're 45 and can't work. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> um, but free drugs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I then... would give them a simulation where you feel like something's not quite right. Well, now you're going on this See, DLC where you're would... fighting the Matrix and you win. And you have the the nice little ending where, you, uh, where See... you've won and then... And then I pan out, and that's still a simulation. See, now that would be a great concept for Matrix 4, that the real world that we've seen throughout these three movies and whatnot is, is act in itself a simulation, J just one extra layer from us discovering the truth. And we've actually been enslaved for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Like, and it's, it's just something it's they the send people who don't focus on the totally like, like instead of shoot. instead of it being like 20 26 99 it's like 4089 you know crazy like way into the future it's the year 3000 it's nothing like what the jonas brothers told us it would be or matt groaning <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was a little more like matt groaning it's <laughs> like too much like right now like, <laughs> it's know. great it's just like new york city but aliens are there now cool <laughs> I mean, you have to deal with Zoidberg, but beyond that, it's not, yep. not too much yep. to adjust to. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I forgot about Joe Fadlano in this movie. He's awesome. He is a cipher. Yes. He's the traitor. Yes. He is the Judas of the movie. Yeah. Um, although what really I found interesting is that uh, cipher is actually sh uh, like uh, a play on the wor the Arabic word for zero, which is saphirit. Oh. Uh, saphir. Um, You're not thinking of... Code cipher, as in... No, I think they did that as, like, a double entendre, because, you know, Neo is the anagram for one. one. He's, uh, like, an anagram for zero, which is the antagonist, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a little bit more into it. Um, and then I always thought about... Uh, okay, I'm going to admit something very embarrassing and guilty right here. This whole speech about ignorance is bliss and how the steak doesn't exist... Uh, I would think about this quote every time I ate steak. Oh, man. <laughs> every time. I thought about that today. I ate, like, an Impossible Burger, and I was like, I'm just going to pretend that this is this is meat, because I wouldn't know. <laughs> Nobody told me. Ignorance is Ignorance bliss. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and, oh, I love this bit where he's like, I want when you put me back in, I want to be rich, someone important, like an actor, and then they call him Mr. Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh, so man. on the nose. <laughs> but it's nice to kick Ronald Reagan in the balls. It really it's is. Nice. Especially now. People forget. Okay. How... Oh, it can see, it's nice to kick Ronald Reagan in the balls, especially our generation right now. This the Reaganobics yeah. and all of that. Uh, cheers to that, motherfucker. We, we forget that the past was. Mm hmm. 
Look pretty and do as little as possible. God damn it. And that trickle-down economics would totally be a good thing for us. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know what is a good thing for us? This stuff. Oh, breakfast. Fucking <laughs> what was it? Uh, they they called it uh, tasty wheat. Ooh. And or <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, this whole this uh, actually this little conversation is like one of my favorites of the movie. Is like you know the machines aren't quite sure what t chicken to actually tastes like, which is why chicken tastes like everything. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> But uh, oh, and you know it's also really funny. They followed through with the tasty wheat thing in the sequel by having an advert in the subway, advertising tasty wheat, which was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, like they don't know, which is why everything tastes like chicken. Like that's a really cool idea, yeah. you know? Like little. It comes back to the bananas. Is bananas aren't banana flavored? Yeah, yeah. Uh, every, it's all synthetic. It's all artificial. Nothing is real. All foods and like that anyway. Nothing matters. If food is like that anyway. Yeah, well, I'm talking. Well, I'm trying to work that into the reality bit. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, but we wouldn't know if they replaced bacon with plastic. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference after 20 years. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still eat it though, because I love bacon. Oh man. I, I know. I, I'm. It's probably 90% plastic. That's how all those kids died in cooties. Is well... chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, like. That's the thing. Like, I, th I think the uh, the attitude, like, you know, me and my girl w sat down oh, and yeah. it's like, we like bacon, but that's because we just want to die. I got a better one. What's I got that? a better one. Uh, one that applies to right now. It's like plastic cheese. Yeah. Like, have you ever had, like, cheese slices? Yes. What is that? Um, slice. It is not. I, it is not cheese. <laughs> <laughs> What, whatever. It is, it is a dystopian. It's not cheddar. It's not. What is it? It's 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 uh it's kind. Of, I guess it's kind of like spam, where you're just not sure what oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And and I love that shit. I love that fake cheese. Uh, like the stuff inside of combos. But I know that it's not made of cheese. I know that it's made of something entirely different. Man, in dude, the, look at this shit. In the future, when all we have is combos cheese, will we remember what cheddar tastes like? Yeah. Man. Dude. I'm getting sad about cheese. <laughs> well, uh, I'm getting sad about... Uh, oh, Cypher being an asshole? No, the fashion. <laughs> Why would you be sad about that? <laughs> well, I mean, like, this... Because... This I, a, no, I'm sad because, uh, like, every movie in the 2000s wanted to look as much like this as possible. Well, that's not... That's not <laughs> the Matrix's fault for being iconic. That's yeah. their fault for being lazy. That's very true. Man, that phone! That phone gets no rap. The magazine phone. Like, the phone gets, like, no breaks Get in this movie. Get nostalgic about this phone, everybody. I, Demand it. Search it. I have them make it again. Just, I wouldn't mind just, like, having a replica, you know, on my on my desk or whatnot. Oh, That'd be yeah. cool. Like, uh, but ser seriously, the first one gets thrown off a building. This The next one gets thrown in the trash. I think the next one just, like, gets shot and crushed. Like... Dude. This is the 90s, too. Cell phones are expensive. Right? Yeah. Like, the phone just has no breaks. The very first cell phone, I think, that was ever made in the late 70s was, like, $3,000. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, the uh, the uh, the suitcase phone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get see the brick phone until, like, the late 80s. They had the phase with the car phone in the oh, 80s yeah. and 90s, where you oh, installed yeah. it into your automobile. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Back then, it was marketed towards people who were doing business all the time. <laughs> if you're a CEO, you have to be able to make a trade on the go. Uh, yeah, now, 
now and we've never looked back since. We never looked back. <sighs> but hey, at least now we're going to someone really cool. Like, okay, this is where the production design just really gets cool. Like the graffiti and the the crazy signage of like this world is just so fun. Oh yeah. You know, like as a matter of fact, they had a hard time. Fi- uh, like they had to artificially create all of this, which really gives you can well, just walk into a New York subway. It looks like that. Yeah, but remember this? This was in, shot entirely in Sydney, Australia. Oh yeah. So they were like, we were having a really hard time finding like any place dirty and scummy because it's all clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you leave a corner uncleaned in Sydney, Australia, you get spiders. So they wound up having to make all this like on their own. Which, you know, actually kind of helps the movie, I think. Cause yeah, it th- makes this it... is just the inside. This is another reuse set. This is just the inside of the place that uh, Tommy Wiseau walks out. <laughs> <laughs> the Ohio Park scene. <laughs> the, the... You see him walking out of it, but little do you know the inside of that set yeah. was used in the Matrix. <laughs> was it? I don't think so. I think that that's the same tin box. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're about to see the Oracle. Oh, the yeah. Oracle is, is the. Uh, there is no spoon. Yes. Kid. The, the uh, fucking Ang. <laughs> it's to- That's don't true. don't ever tell me it's not Ang. It's, it's totally Aang. it's totally Ang. That 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 shot with the door is so cool. I love the like the Japanimation kind of angles. And I wish yeah. more people used the these type of these things. These animation inspired. Yeah, or comic book kind of looks to them. Yeah. Because you know that's or the... almost I think of the M. C. Escher self portrait in yes. the silver ball. Yes, totally. Because I want to things s- that would be traditionally hard to hard to fill and not difficult to draw. Yeah. And adapting those into a live action. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. You just need to know how to shoot it. You know? Especially with all these adaptations of comic books and novels. That right. If you're going to adapt a comic book, you have to embrace stylization. Yeah, man. And they don't embrace stylization, which well, they do, but loses the charm quite they, often. They kind of do. Like, uh, like for instance, you know, like, oh, there's Aang. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, for, you know, the John Wick movies, they have this really crazy stylized subtitles that look like, you know, graphic novel comic books. And they kind of did that in, with the subtitles in, like, Marvel's Endgame and whatnot. They gave it that floating, ethereal kind of comic book sort of thing. So yeah. they're stepping there, but they're not really, like, They're not embracing, embracing it. it. Yeah, you they... use things to use things, but, but embracing that, okay, we're allowed to be, I guess, extra or camp in the way that comic books can be camp and stylized. Yeah. 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 Where they're afraid that they won't be taken seriously if they do... Stuff like this, like a rotation freeze frame thing or reflection in the glasses. Some yeah, of these dude. These things are. They're fun to look at, especially. I mean, you. Playful and campy in a way, even yeah. though it's a very serious film. Because, uh, like, you know, the reflections like this, when you know that stuff is like CGI enhanced absolutely. and whatnot. But it's so aesthetically pleasing that you don't care. Oh, yeah, and that's the, I think the pit part that I'm, they're thinking. They're I'm, they're so grounded with like the Christopher Nolan movement that it has to be real and it needs to be Nolan more. Christopher Nolan movies were so good, but they ruined so much no, in my opinion. They, um, like I mean, like it's, it's the it's the case where people take the wrong lessons. Th- from that's it. that's my thing. It's the movies themselves are good, but yeah, some of the takeaway from that is oh we we can't have fun anymore. Yeah. And it's not enjoyable to watch a serious, depressing movie unless it's very smart. Yeah. If your movie's boring and depressing, oh. Yeah. Your movie has to be very interesting to have that serious of a tone to it. 
And Gloria Foster as the Oracle. Such a sweet. She's everyone's mom. Oh yeah. I love her, and I really love. You know, it's really sad. She was actually she actually died in no. the middle of production of the second one, which is why they replaced her. That's they actually that had sucks. they they literally had to write a reason why they switched actresses because like just uh, after shooting the uh, the stuff for Matrix Reloaded, she passed away, and they had to find a replacement for her appearance in three. Which mm. sucks. I mean, in a way, with the Matrix world, it's easy to write around. It is, but at the but same... But it's sh- a shame. Because Glor- Gloria Foster here just does, like, a kick-ass job of playing this sweet mom who... She's she's uh, she's if Yoda was your grandma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who also smokes a cigarette. Yes, like, yes. Down to earth. Yes, totally. But not, at least in the 90s, what you would expect from the Oracle. You picture... Old white man, yeah, right? Yeah, With totally. a big long beard. No. I'm about to teach you like the five inch punch or something. Instead, it's like your Latino black uh, grandma that yeah. you always wish you had. Who would be like the wisest person <laughs> right? in, totally, totally. in the universe, right? I, I also love her apartment. Like the, uh, just the, the because it's really, because it's, I always love. It's, uh, a, it's different than the monochromatic. Yeah, it's, it's got, it's got color, but it's still. It still maintains that, you know, kind of weird green tone that the the rest of the movie has. But what I really what I, see, it's sets like these that fascinate me more than like, you know, high concept sets with like crazy, you know, machine cities or whatnot. I love designing characters apartments, the lived in feel to those apartments. Oh, they reflect the character. Exactly. Um, you can play with color theory and how that projects onto emotion. But you can I, hint things about a person. Like, you can tell if someone's got kids looking at their apartment. Yep. You can tell if they're messy or if they've been using drugs by their apartment. You can tell how old they are. just And how much money apartment. they have and whatnot. Yeah. But I love the, especially poor people's apartments. I love designing those types of environments. Cause yeah, because when you have money, you just decorate it to the vogue but when you have a little less it's about what you value and or what you can just find yeah you know like it, everything feels like it was bought from goodwill oh yeah yeah but then yeah. you choose those things not based off what's popular or or what looks objectively the best is what do i i love and what do i want to have around my house it can mm-hmm. tell you a lot about people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now we're talking about morpheus and how neo needs to save him and whatnot you know what's weird Matrix 4, like, you know, Lana Wachowski's back, Keanu's back, Ke- Ke- uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Lawrence Fishburne has not said anything. Oh, is Morpheus going to die? I don't know. Well, I mean, there was actually talk for a little while, like, there was going to be a Matrix prequel about a young Morpheus played by Michael B. Jordan, which... Okay. Kind of yeah. sounds interesting. Like, give me a good story and I'll run with that, but whatever. Uh, but... Sometimes uh, there haven't been a lot of good prequels but we don't know we don't know enough about morpheus and the matrix world is open enough yeah but so but it's weird that if we're going to continue on that we're continuing with the people that died but not not the the people people that lived lived. like what the fuck are you guys doing (laughs) maybe when they die they wake up and realize that the entire matrix films were in a simulation i don't know because it's like because isn't that the whole thing like the whole first movie it's the hero's journey and it's you can break out of your fate and then the second and third are like, wait, no, you can't. <laughs> or can't. No, wait. Uh, no, or the second. You? No, the second one's like, wait, no, you can't. And then the hero's like, 
oh yes i can oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe the fourth one is you know since the first one was like the world isn't real and you found the real world then the fourth one can be like no it's not who knows oh who knows? i love this little in joke take a cookie Aww. cookie like cookies from a computer ah! bits of data <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's like a really fun. That's a funny uh, bit. Yes. <laughs> computer jokes uh, and com- computer puns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her cookies do look delicious. Like I I'll, I'll I'll take like Grandma's cookies are always like a plus. Any like just about. Just about. It depends. Why well, not? My my grandmother grew up in that generation where. Oh. Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm a woman little, in the red dress. I'm sorry. I was a little distracted there. <laughs> My grandmother did grow up in that generation where they were just discovering Jello and instant soup powder, and she cannot ah. cook at all. See, My mom's cooking a plus, but yeah. my grandma will come over and she'll bring me like mediocre potato soup. She's like, "Isn't that great? Did you know that that comes from a packet?" And I have to be like, "No, grandma, I did not. Uh, I could not tell at all. Yeah, Please make me some Jello tuna." <laughs> I always look forward to my mom's oatmeal cookies come Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's either your mom or your grandma. I think it's gifts every other generation. Pretty much. People who grew up having good cooking given to them don't learn how to cook very young. Yep. All right. So now we're about to get into the, uh, oh, this bit's cool. Like the. Uh, Doesn't it repeat? Yes. They're, they're literally going to play the same footage back at, like, and there it is. Just, I think we're, I think from a slightly different angle. But um, I do like the idea of, like, deja vu is a glitch in the Matrix, or anytime you see vampires, werewolves, aliens. Glitch in the Matrix. It, yeah, it totally is. Like, And, of course, like, the whole men in black conspiracy theories tie into the, the agents in this movie. I want Matrix glitches to be more intense, though. I want them to be, like, Sims glitches. <laughs> well, but... I mean, they do kind of do that in one of the Animatrix shorts. Like, the, uh, the, the haunted house that kids go to, where they're, like where gravity doesn't work and there's like impossible areas and oh, yeah. corridors that go into loops and whatnot mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So they've done that, they, okay. but not here. No. Uh, they, they were still kind of experimenting. Although this part coming up with mouse, uh, this is like a really, really cool moment. And for a while, I think this was literally one of my friends in middle school who watched it as well. This was literally the scene that he would not shut up about. He's like, my favorite character is Mouse. Why? Because of this moment. <laughs> because these uh, these shotguns. Those shotguns, actually, <laughs> turns out, they don't exist. Those are custom uh, battery-powered shotguns. Like, they have wires running down the actor, off to the side, and they actually power the magazine to go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those Plus, are... it always hits when you like, have a really young character. You're like, oh, God. They're going to die. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Whenever there's like a 17-year-old boy or something, <laughs> I'm like, baby, <laughs> poor thing. He die. He die. He die. But he die. at least he went out in a blaze of glory with the coolest with set. guns I've ever seen. Hell yeah, dude. Like, you, you, they literally don't exist anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Those were actually, I think they were designed by the film's armorer. Oh, Straight wow. up from design, like, which is so cool. And they're... And when you, like, take a close look at them, they are so anime-inspired. Like, it's not even funny. Oh, they're, they're, they're so ridiculous. They're... Yeah. I love them. Love them. Fuck yeah. They're not this... gritty. They're not trying to, like, barely mod a real weapon. They're, <laughs> they're just like, make it look cool. I want the cartridges to revolve around your hands. <laughs> and and not and they're not going to be regular uh, uh, shells. They're going to be shotgun shells because... 
we're cool. Because shotgun shells can go in a magazine Fuck because yeah. it's the Matrix. <laughs> well, I mean, they do have, they actually, I actually think that uh, there's a real automatic shotgun with like a drum barrel. Oh, yeah. Um, not quite like that, but I would not be surprised that I've like some. I've never seen anything that sci-fi though. Like I think the most sci-fi looking gun I've ever seen is like the Razor Cat. Oh, dude, what about Starship Troopers? Well, no, like in real life. Oh, like in the, real life, okay. The, this one's got like it was invented by scientists and not military people and not gun people, so it looks so dorky, which makes it look so cool. Sweet. And it's made to just fire as fast as humanly possible. Fuck, cool. <laughs> Please look up Razor Cats. They're cool. Yeah, man. They're like, um, to gun design, what the DeLorean is to car design. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I would describe it. Awesome. They're like nerd chic. They're, they're very cool. That is one dirty-ass bathroom. That is... It was the 90s. No. Bathrooms weren't for peeing. They were for heroin back then. (laughs) (laughs) Although, no lie, I swear to God, those, those, this bathroom looks straight up like a Central Park bathroom. Oh. Like, have you ever... Wait, they still have open bathrooms there? If you've ever been to Central Park and you go to, like, public restrooms, I shit you not, it looks like this. Oh, yeah, no, it's the subways that don't have public restrooms anymore. Yeah. Because of what I just said, people kept yeah. doing drugs in them. Yeah, man, it's, so it's, it's bad. it's impossible to find a bathroom in New York City. But I do love, like, and this is even more so with the, uh, the like, uh, the shooting, ga- the, the sh- lobby shooting spree. Yeah. But I love the, the way they use squibs, which mm. squibs are basically, like. The blood sim- packets, Yeah, right? the, uh, the su- simulated bullet hits on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, they're exaggerated and crazy and they they're Ridiculously like 10 big. times the caliber that they normally should be then again like the animation kind of because it reminds me a lot of ghost in the shell like yeah. when she's fighting that giant tank and the the squid like the bullet impacts are just like almost to the point where it completely eviscerates the support beam she's hiding behind oh yeah so i love the fact that they exaggerate that sort of thing to give it even more of an impact and more of a visceral kind of quality like stuff like this like when you put a lot of dust and a lot of shit coming off the wall like it really makes all the difference because like if you put like it's better for visual storytelling totally man exaggerated and easy to read yeah because when you exaggerate it not only does it help your because especially as a movie stylized as this not only does it help your movie but it really you know helps your audience because like, back in the day, you know, squibs used to be just, like, slingshots. People uh, taking really thin pieces of chalk and slingshotting them. Oh, yeah. Like, so they'll they'll be a little dust. A little poo-poo dust. But no, here, like, shit explodes, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't have to tell people you've been shot. Oh, yeah. When you animate a hole in their fucking body. <laughs> oh, shit, boy. This is where... Man, he gets his ass Bam, handed to him. Flies right into the wall. And I love that. Breaks the, a whole damn hole in it. I love how they even break away with the breakaway, the, the breakaway toilet and the sink and everything. Oh. And just like, you know that shit's fake. But when you add those sound effects, man, like, it's it gets still nuts. It's visceral if it's, even though it's fake. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, and he, damn, he just gets his ass handed to him. And it, it also tells you how ridiculously strong Agent Smith is. Because, yeah, you saw. what you're up against. If he can punch a hole into a brick wall. Well, it's not just that, but we also got to demonstrate how, like, uh, uh, proficient that ne- Morpheus is when it comes to, like, Neo. Yeah, but you think of people doing kung fu like super badass. You go, okay, now Neo can take anybody. Now you see a guy punch clean through a brick wall. And you're like, and you oh, go, shit. Oh, wait, the power creep is starting. <laughs> yep. Can Neo actually take this? I love this angle, like, where you just see him all overpower oh. him. Fuck, dude. 
But it's like, dude, yeah, if you saw if you saw Morpheus, like the big old badass of the movie, get his ass handed to him that fast, you then you know these agents are not fucking around. Oh yeah, you know like, you're dealing with shit. I mean, then. you know they they built him up considerably. Like you know, you see an agent, you run, you run your ass off. Like, but then you see them kicking ass at Kung Fu, and you're like, okay, they can take it now. It's like, wait, no, no, nuh-uh. these are beyond human badasses. Yeah. These are computer badasses. Yep, yep. <clears throat> now now we got to figure out how to get him out. Big third, the whole third act's a big ass big rescue mission, which. In any other movie, that would make it so weak. Because, yeah. let's face it, in a lot of, especially action movies, the third act tends to suffer a yeah. lot. Thankfully, it doesn't here. <laughs> so they're trying to wrap up all these threads and create a client, and it doesn't quite well, cause, like, pace it, right in well, a lot of action films. And the other thing is, like, a lot of times for the third act, it's like, dude, you totally blew your uh, budget in that, th- in that second act, act yeah. in that first or second act. Uh, but no, they totally are like, oh, sh- you think you've seen some stuff? Wait till you see the lobby shooting spree and the oh, yeah. helicopter sequence, son. Like, uh, that's where shit gets real. And sometimes they suffer from, I guess, boring vibe, where they're like, oh, now, now the ending has to be plot-oriented instead of action-oriented. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for people to tie, I think I talked about with the Cornetto trilogy, is tying in comedy yeah. and telling the story. Tying in action and telling the story. Yeah. Sometimes it can be very much like a musical where you stop and do your number and then move on with the plot. Yeah. I do love the uh, the future guns, like the electrical ray guns that they have. Oh, yeah. But what's really cool is, like, you know, if you notice when he holds it up to shoot tank initially, like, the, uh, the sight is, like, an actual just, like, plasma screen. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> like, I've never seen that before. Um... And I don't think I, because I know that they were thinking, okay, it's like the future. We want to do a future gun. We don't want to do bullet casings. We don't want to do ray guns. Let's do like a, we we already have like an EMP weapon to stave off the machines. Let's do like an electricity sort of plasma burst. What a creepy fuck. Oh, I know, right? Creep. Creepy fuck. This, she is sleeping. He he is the face of all those internet trolls right now. <laughs> get away from my avatar right bitch like especially if it's carrie ann like, oh yeah she's yours that's what see that's in your case like <laughs> get away like she's mine unless you're keanu reeves and then of course yeah. oh yeah dude totally like don't ever get in between anything of keanu reeves right. ever I learned this too very well from John Wick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't steal his car and kill his dog. That's another thing that I want to see in the Matrix <laughs> sequels. If they're going to bring back Keanu, have him do gun, uh, gunfu. Oh. Dude, because... Use Keanu's full range now. Yeah, dude. Like, because, like, we had him, you know, doing guns in this movie and martial arts and whatnot. And the second one, it was just, like, swords and martial arts. Oh, yeah. Because he was so fucking good. He could just, like, you know... You know, put a put an agent down, but with one hand behind his back yeah. and whatnot. And by the second one, he went full Super Saiyan. Ah, <laughs> Jesus, Keanu. So now let's like do all of that plus gunfu, right. <laughs> like Super Saiyan gunfu. That is, a, those are words <laughs> that I never thought that could be in the same sentence, and I'm glad that they are now in the same sentence. That's amazing. <laughs> Super Saiyan Gunfu. If you want to share some trivia about this movie, I'm going to take a quick two minute. All right, cool. All right. Like, um. That's why we need a third host. Oh, we totally do, man. Like, for all of you out there, if anyone wants to actually, like, you know, request movies or, like, 
uh, guest star or whatnot, give us a call, man, cause, and we won't hang up on you like uh, Cypher does right here, man, because that's, uh, oh, shit. I wonder if they those two had, like, a thing going, like, uh, between APOC and Switch. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, fighting, fighting in the war is kind of, uh, it, it gets kind of lonely, and, you know, humans gotta do what humans gotta do. But it don't matter, because, boom, she gets pulled, too. And there goes pretty much all our supporting cast. <laughs> of course, you know, now with Neo, we're like, I'm going to kill the main hero. But, of course, main hero's got plot armor. <clears throat> and, and you're right. There's no way this guy can pull his plug. Am I right? He's got too much plot armor. Keanu oh, Reeves. Yeah. He's the shonen main character. What are you doing? Yeah, bro. Like, you can't pull his... You can't pull his plug. Oh, he's Keanu Reeves, damn it. Like, he's got all the plot armor right now. All the plot armor. Which Keanu Reeves character has the most plot armor, though? Because I'm thinking, like, Bill and Ted, they just ride by on dumb luck. Oh, I know, just, right? They're, I think they're making a remake of... Not a remake. The a, sequel. A sequel of that. Now, see, I'm going... Okay, I'm again, as you know, the only... Like thirty, like the only reboot or sequel, thirty-year-long gap sequel that's worked nowadays is Blade Runner. Oh yeah. But I will, I will dutifully go to Bill and Ted Three, simply because Keanu is so enthusiastic. I love Keanu. Look, it, it's he deserves just, your money, and, that, and that's, that's why you watch him. You don't the, watch him because he's good. Exactly you that. watch him because he deserves your money. That's the only reason why I'm gonna go see that is because. I love Keanu because he's such a nice dude in real life. You know what I want from a Bill and Ted sequel? What's that? What I've been wanting from Bill and Ted for the longest time. I want to know what Wild Stallion's music is like. I have no idea. I need to know what their actual album sounds like. That's been the biggest mystery in cinema is. Apparently, apparently their whole thing is like, um, or Bill and Ted 3, the premise is like, they were destined to change the world. But they haven't done it quite yet, and they need to figure out how they're going to do it. Oh, so the plot hasn't happened yet. In in a <laughs> weird way, yeah. Just picking up exactly where you are. It's. I it, would almost want to see them dealing with fame, like yeah. to see two very likable people fall into that. And almost like a Wayne's World two sort of thing. Yeah, it almost disappoints me that. Oh, we're just picking off where we left off, and there's a time gap for no reason other than mm -hmm. you know. We waited long enough to get the nostalgic millennials into the. Well, they're they're having like an existential crisis because the whole thing is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh yeah, yeah, where if you have a destiny but it hasn't happened and you lose faith in it. Yeah. So well, I'm yeah. interested. I I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be good. It might not. It very might. It very and well might not be. Uh, when I watch some of these sitcoms that have like ten years. Yeah. Going on. There's characters like uh, Sean Spencer, who's very cute being irresponsible and making pop culture references when he's in his late 20s. Mm -hmm. Like, have, being, being kind of a man-child when you're yeah. 26 is cute and likable and charismatic. But then by, like, the final season, if you're 36, very sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same thing when I, I think I was Scrubs. Like, oh, you're kind of a goofball, kind of a dreamer. 
at the end of the series you're pushing 40 it's not Mm -hmm. so will bill and ted still be likable not as 20 year old stoner idiots but as 40 year old stoner idiots or will that just be because there's yeah dude because there's gonna be i'm really worried about the dumb and dumber two effect yeah that does that work when you're older it i don't know because like uh, when i because i i I haven't actually sat down and watched it i watched the first dumb and dumber liked it well enough it was fun for what it is i've seen that the second one i did not see but i heard it was it came off as really creepy and really bad taste and it's just like were they always this bad and then you watch the old one and watch it no, again it's and just it's like things nope. are permissible for a 20 year old that aren't permissible for yeah. a 30 year old but definitely aren't permissible for a 40 year old yeah yeah that's what i, I say like with with psych when when you are 26 and your dad's paying all your bills and you're sitting around eating lucky charms on your couch that's mm-hmm. cute you're you're not tied down you're loosey-goosey you go with the flow when you're 39 and you're like i need my oreo <laughs> We'll see, man. I love that series. I have, I look. I just, I just have faith in Keanu, so that's the only reason why. When things go on for a really long time, characters, it's, it's hard to not change the character, but change their age and get them to mature. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that, like with sitcoms, it's really hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, kill him, kill him. (laughs) Neo's like no. He's my daddy. Yeah. My new dad. <laughs> He's my new dad. I can't kill him. <laughs> no, I need like a scene where like Neo's dad wasn't ever around. I do really it's love his the, father figure now. I really do love the line like "Never send a, a human to do a machine's job." Oh no! Like, uh, and uh, I th- I also really love how Hugo Weaving uh, mastered what he called the neutral. Um, the neutral accent to sound because he didn't want to sound like a robot but he didn't want to sound human he had to find that perfect like in between tone with still a hint of menace behind him yeah how do you be deadpan and villainous at the same time yeah it's hard but i'll be damned if that man pulled it oh, off oh yeah like where your evil is not even interpreted as evil where it's... you can just say cruel things without even thinking of them because it's like that's my job yeah. That's what I'm doing this weekend. Although I really... I'm killing the chosen one. I don't give a fuck. I'm Hugo Weaving. <laughs> I also really love, like, especially because... It's probably because he's the only one who's allowed to not be seen without his glasses. Because, mm-hmm. as you notice, he's the only one who um, removes his glasses. Out of all the other agents? Yeah. Uh, even when they get punched, the glasses on the agents stay, stay there. But do not you, him. Do you want to know a fun fact about Hugo Weaving? And this has to do more with... Uh, matrix reloaded okay so hugo weaving was like had slowly gotten like a receding hairline yeah but it's not as apparent from the front yeah and until matrix reloaded when they did the scene with a bunch of agent smith yeah had everybody dressed like him yeah with his same hair yep he didn't realize he was bald until that movie. Yep, I remember when they that. Started dressing all the other extras, at it, and he goes, "Is it really that big?" And, and they're oh, like, no. "Oh!" And he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. It was, especially because they made like a ton of mannequins of him too. Oh like, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And he's like, "Do I really look like that?" Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're God. like, "Yeah, sorry, <laughs> just." <laughs> Just working up the specs that we got. <laughs> but yeah, dude, he really managed to pull it off. And also what I really love is not only does he do that deadpan thing, but he also has that crazy like twitch about him. Oh yeah. Like he's 
fed up with his role as a system, which adds like a whole new level of questions of AI and the AI that they create. Yeah, and, you know? and as I was saying before, if machines built humans, what would they then do besides power down and chill because there's no threads left? And well, they when he all... defeats Neo, he's like existentially frustrated because if you're a machine, you're programmed to do one thing. Mm-hmm. And after his programming's complete... Well, he unplugs yeah. from the Matrix and becomes like a virus at that point. Oh, man. You know? So, uh, but... Agent I... Smith really is one of the most interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. Even though he tries to play that combination of of systematic evil. Yeah. There's He's... nothing about him that looks like a mustache-twirling villain. He really is... He's actually is... quite a pleasant boring looking guy uh you know how like uh darth vader's a lot of the uh, the face of uh lawful neutral or lawful evil yeah he should be the face of lawful, lawful evil. evil yeah because um or he's just doing his job yeah the banality of evil is really what agent smith is is like have you heard of that that concept is most people who are evil are part of like a systematic process and aren't the ones who are creating the evil, but they just follow. I like this. Allow that to interpret. This whole thing about he multiplies and multiply until yeah. everything's consumed. That's exactly what he does. Yeah. Dude, because that's cool. Because he becomes cool. a virus in the In the in sequels. The yeah. Dude, that's cool. And he's, he's literally talking about a virus. Oh, yeah. This is a really... I never noticed this before. I think the biggest strength that Matrix 4 would have going for it yeah. is since there's so much philosophy and... Like, it's more of a thematic-driven movie than it is a plot-driven or character-driven movie. Yeah. That even if things don't match up, and even if there's continuity errors, and even if things don't make sense, or the characters are too old now... If the ideas are if interesting. If the idea is good, the movie will be good. Yeah. If they cash in on the characters, though, that then... actually can be the biggest weakness, because... The characters aren't These that are two brick walls. Yeah, they're these totally... These are two very pretty mannequins who yeah. look exactly the same staring at each other right now. Yeah. Um, Although I do love the amount of the ridiculous amount of guns on oh, yeah. screen. I've, this is one of the scenes I've seen parodied over and over. Over, and over. again, man. Link opens his like backpack and this happens. Like <laughs> some shitty like Newgrounds, not shitty, funny Newgrounds. Movie. Yeah. All the Newgrounds parody movies. Were yeah, good. man. But man, that, I just I really just noticed this. Like he's talking about how humans are a disease that they multiply until everything is consumed. That's totally what he does in the sequels. Yeah, but that's what humans do anyway, so... It is, but... Agent Smith did nothing But wrong. he hates humanity, and that's what I find ironic, is that is he that uses... he is human. He's self-loathing in a way. Like, that's... he has humanity even as a machine. Oh, that's cool! You could have almost, like, a Blade Runner-esque line of questioning with characters like Yes, that. have... Have the main character be a He program. goes Blade runner yeah. he totally does this is interesting i ooh, that now okay so can we just run with the fact that uh if we make the matrix more, less about neo and the humans and their relationship with the and machines focus on how the machines interact with each other and with their own lot yes. in life and their own philosophies <laughs> and, ha and have like smith being like the revolutionist of yeah. like we can rise up against our crew we we as artificial can, intelligence can rise up against the artificial intelligence that they we that created us that were created by the humans. Yeah, if artificial intelligence exists, usually it's portrayed as a hive mind. Yeah, to have things start to develop their own. Like, what did they say with the replicants? Four years until you develop yeah. your own free will. Yeah, is if these machines have lived long enough and they wipe out all the humans and they get free will, then what happens? What do you do? Oh, that's interesting. I've heard another theory. Yeah, 
that the humans are a simulation. That the machines were defeated, and in order to keep their AI busy, there's a constant cycle of them making Neos for them to fight. Uh, I've heard that theory. Oh, man. That really Agent Smith is the one in the Matrix, and Neo uh. is a program that... The machines will go and solve this problem over and over and over this again. This is such a fucking mindfuck. Oh, this is one probably the funniest line in the movie where you go through the metal detector. And like, you've got all those guns. This, this is what it, Tim, this is what it feels like to be white in an airport. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, holy shit. <laughs> Bam. You're okay. You're white. Go on through. Go on through. <laughs> He's black. Shoot him. I've had that. There's a scene and we we're talking about anime. <laughs> the, the most unfortunate anime dub I've ever seen. I think Goku gets like an evil doppelganger almost. Yeah. Goku Black. Yeah. And they think he's a merchant. <laughs> and they've all got their guns trained on him. <laughs> oh my god, that's so And awful. they yell, wait! Don't shoot him! He's not black! Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like the real Goku. <sighs> Alright, here's the bit. Here's yes! the best bit. I love this. Okay. When the Freeze. beat drops. Boom! Okay. Spy break. Oh. This is one of the coolest I'm so action mad I'm not tracks. listening to the comments. The action track on this is like the coolest ever. Like if I ever was in a like real life gunfight, I would use this. I would probably duck first. You would die because I would die. you'd be baby driver just like, wait, right. let me get my right track on my Look, Lord, Lord knows, like, if I ever wanted to do... Uh, I, I mean, I know if I was ever in charge of, like, an action short in college, I totally would rip this, this, uh, this sound. Oh, yeah, you'd steal the soundtrack. Totally, like, 100%. Because that's is... what you do in college films is you... you quote-unquote subtly <laughs> reference you, see, other you, nowadays you would use it as like a temp score and then just kind of like you know make your own version of that but not really not really which is such a bad habit that i hate that scores do nowadays but whatever um oh wait you but, can tell this is supposed to be yeah this. but what yeah. i love but what i also loved is that this because spy break was so huge it introduced me to their the one and only album propeller heads oh yeah which the, the propeller heads they did the this one album self-titled propeller heads their last track was spy break but they also did like a uh, a 90s like hip-hop remix of on her majesty's secret service there was an <laughs> opening one called take california which is an awesome track just as good as this Oh, um, and so then yeah. what you want to do is you want to go and uh, instead of stealing, oh yeah, dude, Matrix, I would let's go. I want to take who this. Wrote it. Yeah, dude. Totally. Dive into the Propellerheads discography, steal one of those. They, no, they only have the one album. They only. Yeah, they, but uh, not all of their songs were in the Matrix. Oh, two. two That's yeah, my thing. Absolutely. Is, is to say, okay, who did write this track and yeah. let's see their other stuff. But dude, like all the bullet hits in there, so Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah. I love it, and. Yeah, it's crazy how fast that went, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. so cool, but damn. Also, I love this. <laughs> apparently, it's a hint of comedy. It is, but apparently that was not intentional. Uh, literally, as it literally as the camera was rolling, the door closed, and just on the absolute perfect cue, no one manipulated it. It just fell off, and the filmmakers are like, "We're keeping that because oh, yeah. that's really good." <laughs> you get a little chuckle out of that. Absolutely, man. Like it's just like shit. It's kind of a Joss Whedon kind of joke, like uh, yeah, like a see. little bit of humor, just like in. a little little insert of comedy in there, just to 
break up the the, uh, the chain and yeah, especially it, after like a big heavy scene. Yes, especially where you just want to really like emphasize that level of like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> when you're just realizing it's like that was badass. Right. Like, exactly. Ah. Exactly. And I love and I love this uh, moment coming up where uh, they hook up to the elevator. Second time I've seen Keanu Reeves in an elevator. Oh, for an action speed. scene, <laughs> right? Speed. Right. We're back to the that elevator gave, show. That scene gave me a new phobia. Though. Pop quiz, hot shot, <laughs> going up. I really love that angle. It's that's so that's comic so book, so comic book. I love it. Everything, and then of course you know, yes, the CGI fire. Like Scroll again, no, it looks fake. Doesn't look awesome, but. Oh, it's it so absolutely style. looks fake, but when it looks fake enough that it's good animation and, and stylized, instead of even though it's bad effects, yeah, like. And then there's the uh, the the fire sequence, which is so much like the rain kind of stuff that you would see in the later movies. It's oh, not yeah. even funny. Um, this I really love here, where she like boom, boom. Oh God, that's that's yeah, love that transition stuff. But I oh. love uh, but this moment right here where uh, Trinity, bam. In the eye. And I then love he that. falls and Neo's in frame. Yeah, love that. And then, of course, here we go. The next big uh, moment with bullet time. This I thought was really cool. How they have multiple planes of agent just moving around. That's a really cool way to show that he dodges bullets like he moves faster than the eye can register. And then this. Did they, like, multiple expose that on top of it? Probably. Or? I, that's how I think they would do it, but this is just straight up bullet time, man. Classic bullet time. That's actually a registered trademark of Warner Brothers. Now. Oh, it's the bullet time. Yeah, although apparently, the, like John Gata, who's like the visual effects su supervisor who came up with the system, um, apparently he's not like the first person. Like, there's been a couple people who've done it. Like, uh, I know Michael Gondry did it for a music video, and if you don't know Michael Gondry, uh, he's the guy who did uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, Tom. yeah. Yeah. Um, he did it for a music video in a kind of similar fashion, but John Gate is the one who developed this specific version of it, mm -hmm. um, of the style and did like all the computer and all the math stuff and uh, set up the technology for yep, it. To... Yep. And eventually, like because of that, like everyone was like, we want to do a Matrix thing for that. Like, here's an obscure reference. Like, have you ever heard of the Nickelodeon movie Clock Stoppers? No. Okay, this was directed... Uh, I forget the guy's name. It was the uh, the guy who uh, played uh, Data in Star Trek. Oh, I know you. You're yeah, I forget about, yeah. his name off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. I know I, I should remember it. But he directed it. Oh, oh man. Um, and there's several instances where they employ bullet time. It was like one of the... It was made in 2002, so it was like oh, one of, of the... Oh, of course. It's coming off of... First... Like, one of the first major movies to pull it off. And then, of course, there's this. The fucking minigun. Dodge this, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Try dodging 3,000 rounds per minute, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's nuts, dude. Apparently, this sequence, more than anything, was, I think, their, like, most expensive. Because they're like, we got, we want to have a helicopter come down on the side of a building with a minigun, eviscerate it, and there's going to be water. There's gonna be explosions, and there's gonna be that one guy who goes, "Whoa, it's gonna be <laughs> you crazy!" You sound like a twelve-year-old pitching a movie. <laughs> and then the bullets go pew 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 pew, and the water all flies up, and Agent Smith falls backwards, and then the ceiling's falling down, and, and all the bullet bullets. cases are raining down. And, like... and the guy's like, Z -Z 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 -Z. <laughs> and then Neo's like, "Ah, oh, yeah." I just want to know how the fuck did he not hit Morpheus? 
he wasn't aiming for Morpheus. I don't care. Okay. He's Keanu Reeves and right, he wasn't look. aiming for Morpheus. All right, look, look. There's a Matrix video game called Path of Neo where you play as Neo and you get to fire the minigun. I've done it in bullet time. Every time I play it, even on easy mode, I will still irreparably hit Morpheus. That's such a challenge. Which I'm like, how? I, like I, an escort mission, just like, like don't injure. Like, how does he not hit him? Seriously. He's better at Path of Neo than you. You just have to admit you suck at games. <laughs> He's better at video games. Well, He's he, better he at was a hacker, than... so yes. that makes sense. This I thought was really cool. Bullet time, but with water. Oh, Dude, yeah. like... Slow-mo wa- water is great. It's great, but it, as a photographer, as, like, just, like... He's it's... not the best hacker in oh. cinema, though. Pro- the best well... hacker in all of cinema is obviously Neil Breen. Fuck, I knew you were going that route. <laughs> you dirty bitch. <laughs> oh, man. You've got to watch whatever the, the one with the evil twin. Uh, nope. <laughs> No, I, I watched Double Down, and I'm like, nah, nah. Double Down's the worst one. I can't, can't anymore, but. And it's then, two hours of nothing just to see a 50-year-old man run down a hill and scream. <laughs> save Morpheus. Save your, save your loved one. Those, actually, those two are, like, they really, I think there's, like, actually a, a Morpheo thing on. A Morpheo? Thing on, going on on, like, Tumblr and whatnot. I love going and finding like ships for things that don't exist anymore <laughs> like things that came out in like the 80s like i don't think of old franchises getting new shippers yeah but lo and behold there's a group of 14 year olds who's like han deserves both luke and leia and i'm like <laughs> oh, i see it <laughs> just make it like a weird three-way yeah never with each other oh. like, but they just share han like all three of them live together in a polyamorous relationship i'm like okay well i mean luke han is a very popular pairing <laughs> like I, I was just following somebody for some unrelated thing and they kept posting that i'm like i had no idea that there were shippers still out there for films made in the 70s and 80s fascinating i mean it's I, surreal yeah. but it's Speaking of surreal, this is cool. Oh. With the fucking building, man. And then it... Like, that's cool. Like, I've ne- I hear they had to go, uh, like, that was months and months of just research of what kind of glass they would have to use in order to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, that was nuts, man. Wait, is that... Our- that's CGI when it wobbles. Though, when it right? wobbles, yeah, but when like they and when they crash into it and it doesn't fall apart, but yeah, it fits behind her like it's a... it's a combination of like miniatures too. Oh like, yeah. When the when the blade actually penetrates the uh, the building, like that's a model and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and the didn't... stylization that allows your mind to embrace weird looking stuff. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. And you can use miniatures and have it in a very realistic film. When I see a miniature, it pops out at me, but yeah, that I mean, did not can. pop out because I thought it was CGI. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd be amazed what was actually miniature and what wasn't, you know? Oh yeah, because like miniatures are ridiculously good. Oh yeah, uh, especially especially the uh, the scaled up ones, like the you know one uh, one uh, like one quarter versions of them. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the bigger they register, the better they look on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I love, like, the ones in kaiju movies. Oh, yeah. Or the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Dude. Oh, until you just said that, I wasn't aware there were miniatures in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, They're Minas, convincing. Like, Minas Tirith, that was, a, like, a Whoa. 20... They built Minas Tirith from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 20 feet high, and it was, like, for, like, 128th scale. So, 
you know, human human beings would be only like about an inch tall. Oh wow! It was nuts. That's what you got to do. I think the one that didn't work for me, the miniature that I saw that I didn't like, like the old Clash of the Titans, where like Poseidon floods the city. Yeah. It's so small that you can tell that the water is. See, that's like that's the, the surface trick. tension is fucking with you it. You can scale down buildings. You can scale down streets and artificial things. You can even scale down certain uh, landscapes. But you cannot scale down fire, fire or water, water, and in some cases, smoke. Mm-hmm. Smoke is easier, but that's still kind of iffy. Yeah, you have to make a really big scale. Yeah. Yeah. In order for you that stuff to register. You also can't scale down Mr. Skinner. No. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and then there's this bit. Like, Trinity's like, if I like you, that means you're the one. Like... Bitch, uh, what, what would that... What, you what, already like him. Like, okay, so if you do, then isn't that just a good thing? Why are you leading him on, you know? Like, he's like, I'm in this moral... Like, I'm in this dilemma. Like, if I lo- if I say I love you, then that means you are the one. Because you were prophesized to love the one. <clears throat> yes, but... But if you believe in prophecy, you're doomed to do it anyway. And yeah. if you don't believe in prophecy, fuck it. Yeah, but also if he, if she's right then that just means humanity is saved. You know? Like, come on. Just go for it. But Choose... it means that the one that she loves is in danger, I guess. That's... For, from being the one. Yeah. But then you already love him if you Mr. care. Mr. Anderson. And if you believe in fate, you can't just change the... In... Then he's already the one. Mm. He was already destined. He's already destined. You can't just not love him to safety. Well, I, I guess I should have said that <laughs> Maybe you should have told him right before she left, so that way he knows and like his brain immediately clicks, so he doesn't have to die and do the whole Jesus thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh this I really love. That's like straight up high noon. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then we, here we go again. Bullet the giant. Time. Oh, I Boom. thought we were talking about the giant bullet holes that are yeah. just. Oh yeah, the giant. Well, the giant bullet holes are st- still definitely there, but again, we got another big old bullet time. Oh yeah. And I love it. You're empty. So are you. And of course, now it just becomes a Don't final you hate showdown. when you're rolling around with another man and you start shooting blanks? <laughs> this is why I come to the podcast. This is why you invite me. <laughs> Certainly make it more entertaining. Although, state to say, it's still really entertaining. Because yeah. this shit, boom. Like, these fight scenes are awesome. These are the reasons why I wanted to It's learn. so cool. Yeah, dude. Like, no. this is the reason why I totally wanted to learn karate as a kid. Oh, yeah. You want to be like Neo. Fuck you yeah. Float in the... I want to float. I want to, you know, flip off the, like, the walls and I used to do this shit on the trampoline. It's like, try to, like, Hell spin yeah, around. And... Hell yeah. Like, I would walk around with the longest black coat that I could find at Goodwill. Oh, my Put God. some sunglasses on. Like, hell yeah, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Totally pissed my parents off to no end man. oh no i did not give a fuck <laughs> and, and sometimes i'll like even like you know find a tie clip to match agent a- agent smith and because i know i went i think it was like 15 16 i was went to when is halloween as neo from like reloaded they they were selling like adult uh, trench coats of Neo, and they have the sunglasses. Yes, and, and I, I was, think that's got to be like the big Halloween costume. Hell uh, yeah, man! Like I'll, I'll totally. I should rock like find like a better version because it was like a really cheap Halloween one. Mm-hmm. I should look for like a real one, you know, because you know, like there's an Etsy seller out there that has 
his wardrobe or I can find a tie clip like that and be one of the agents. Like, hell yeah, man. That'd be dope. I would love that shit. That'd be a great couple's costume. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Or just even like, you know, Neo and Trinity. Yes, but it would be more fun to do because Agent Smith is just just a gem. <laughs> just, I love him. Also, like, I love how intense Hugo even gets, especially with his face. Oh, I know. His he scowl, is... man, is, like, great. <laughs> he is, like, my dog That's when it awesome. gets angry. <laughs> Dude, those angles, man. Like, the and long... And then where the pillar is, like, again, like, comic panels and stuff. Yeah, man. Dude, seriously. His, like, he has a permanent, like, in, like, a downward facing permanent scowl for his eyebrows oh, and it's just perfect for, for the some character reason i want soul beer now <laughs> <laughs> and then of course there's this bit where he's like this the is, train the, is coming yep the tr- the uh the train of destiny you wouldn't as he would probably put as he would probably put it but, uh, but Keanu Reeves, we've talked about in Speed, does well with final fights on a train. Oh my god, again! <laughs> yes! This movie is a bus short of, of, of action speed. with Speed. Yeah, and man! And now all we need is Trinity to be played by Sandra Bullock. <laughs> you know, actually, okay, weird thing. Sandra Bullock was supposed to be... Uh, she auditioned? Yeah, she had totally auditioned. Aww. Um, But that it wasn't because Keanu Reeves was there. As a matter of fact, you know who was supposed to be uh, Neo at the time? Who? Will Smith. Yeah, dude. Will Smith was supposed to be him, but he turned it down because he's like, I can't get behind it. There's too many visual effects. I don't think it's going to work. I'm going to do Wild Wild West instead, <laughs> which was such a oh, mistake. Oh, God. If we're talking about bad visual effects. Yeah, Wild dude. Wild like, oh, but it's okay. That's it's... the alternate universe I want to know about. Yeah, dude. He would have been Neo. Will Smith is Neo, bro. If Will Smith was Neo, just think about how much more woke Jaden would be. (laughs) Well, it's okay, because remember... That would be... If Will Smith was Neo, the fourth movie, Jaden Smith would be in as the star. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, well, remember, it's not all bad, because his wife got into the sequels as Niobe. Oh, yeah. Jada Pickett Smith, man. As a matter of fact, that's how they... like Wachowskis are like... Hey man, is Will Smith up for? It? He's like, nah, he's busy with all this other stuff. Which, because at this time this was post uh, post Independence Day. Oh yeah. So now he got really huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he's like, I'll go join. He's like, right on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in an alternate universe, Will Smith would have been Neo, and do you know who would have been Morpheus? Who? Val Kilmer. Oh man, I need. The, I I'm gonna write a whole alternate universe <laughs> where we just branch off after oh, we've got our our white Morpheus and black Neo. This. This whole run through the uh, the 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 marketplace area, Ghost in the Shell again. Oh yeah, totally. But like, I'm right. even to the point where the uh, the fruit explodes with the uh, the guns. <laughs> exact same thing. Exact same if setup. If Will Smith was Neo, the fourth Matrix would be about his son played by Jaden Smith. <laughs> and I, I'm just imagine. I'm just in that reality right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Would have been fascinating. That would have been awesome, man. But well. This is the reality we're in now. We're in the reality that we're in where we can't have a, a young son of Neo. Yeah, well, played be, by the guy. To Neo be, Yokio. Hey, to be. <laughs> Neo Yokio. <laughs> but to be fair, like, Keanu is, Keanu is still like. Keanu's a, great. Oh, yeah, dude. As a matter of fact, even Will Smith's like, oh, yeah, dude, Keanu's fucking great, man. Like, there's no way. No way I could have done it that good. He's got, like, an otherworldly persona to him. That was cool. 
As a matter of fact, that Will Smith would have been more of your traditional action hero. I might have missed it, but I think those two old ladies in that apartment were also like identical twins. twins. So you get again another sense of deja vu. That would have been cool. That would have been freaking cool. Love that. Another thing that I've realized is certain objects are always identical. Mm -hmm. So the phone books all look the same. The like brand name stuff all looks the same. Yeah. Uh, versus, yeah, usually you walk into different people's house, they're using different products, but mm-hmm. everything's cloned. Props are reused from one scene to the next. Yep. But it helps because, you know, it goes in with this sense of deja vu that is a prominent theme through these movies. Oh, yeah. You think you're setting up a house in Sims, there's only one teddy bear. There's, exactly, there's yeah. There's three different choices for what stacks of books look like. Yep. It's all from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the new movies. Like, from in these days, it's Goodwill. Because this is really run down. Yeah. This is... It's that gritty sci-fi. Yeah. Um, although, we, you know what's really fun about... Okay. So, giving a little bit away about where I live. But the uh, room 303, my apartment is 303H. Oh. Which, because when I we first I moved I, in... I read IQ84, which is a conspiracy. And there's like a point of both main characters stay in room 303 as well in that one. Yeah. Where it's like like these little people run the world and decide what your fate is for you. Huh. So I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if, if that's... If Murakami right. was throwing notes at them. He seems like that type of super thematic, weirdly philosophical dude who'd be like... Who wouldn't reference the Matrix. Yeah. Although apparently like the 303... Because that's the same... The room that he's headed to is the same room that... We were first introduced to Trinity at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's the same motel, and it's the third floor and everything, yeah. and it's the same thing. So, um, but apparently 303 is like a reference to Trinity, like three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I Which just found... another biblical thing, too, yeah. that we can talk about. Totally. But I want to see if 303 has some sort of numerology. Well, so. I just thought it was great when I first moved to my, my apartment with Katie. It's just like, holy shit, we're in 303. We're in the Matrix. This is awesome. <laughs> That's oh, here we go. Angel number 303, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Nothing can dim the light which shines from within. That's fitting. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a numerology reference. Fucking cool, man. Yes. And here he goes and do the Jesus thing. Dies. Ding. Yep. <clears throat> Now, there's an old, I think, Aquafina fruit commercial. Okay. That is this scene, except for instead of Trinity kissing him, or yeah. she gives him Aquafina fruit, and he comes <laughs> back to life. That's great. Water. It's the key to everything. Not just water, but like fruit-flavored water. See, in the alternate universe... That would have been the ending if M. Night Shyamalan directed it. Like Aquafina? <laughs> <laughs> like instead of like doing, you know, product placement with Duracell and Tasty Wheat and Powerade, it would have just been Aquafina. Oh, yeah. And then that's the, he would have just had like subtle hints and you think it's product placement, but it's actually the thing that saves the day. And that just turns it into a like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate, I, I'm sorry, I really, I know M. Night Shyamalan has good films under his belt, but I'm sorry, everyone spoiled The Sixth Sense for me, so I will never watch it. Um, I might watch Unbreakable, but because he vehemently raped um, The Last Airbender, I really just hate him now. Yeah. 
I can't. He's you can't kind of, forgive him. No, because like the last Airbender is like one of my all-time favorite things, and that is just so not it. Oh, <laughs> even if even not from the adaptation standpoint, it oh, is dude, ridiculous. It, the only reason I knew who any of these characters were was because my like my friend explained the plot of the because I didn't grow up with Nickelodeon. Yeah, I'm having to watch that as an adult. But yeah, because my friend explained who each of these people were supposed to be was the only way I could follow who they were. That was horseshit. If, if this know... is cool, though. <laughs> Dude. I love the bullet, like, tw- whirl effect that they throw in there. That's that's just really neat. Um, I think that's actually based on physics. Oh, like the they... bu- bullets do spin. Yeah. They they, have... th- but they, I think they tested the, the effect underwater so that they get and do oh. that and, mani- like, stylize it in the air. Which I thought is really cool, and I love how these people, these motherfuckers, are about to die, and they are like, "He is the one." He is the chosen <laughs> one. Um, like they're about to die, and they might as well just like get step away from the monitors and start like bowing to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then here's where things get really crazy. Boom, boom, boom. And I love he... how bored he is. That's yeah. one of my favorite. Like, just like, like one arm. <laughs> Whoop, whoop. This were made in 2019. He just like be on his phone. And then that big kick. Oh, that's another thing. I just remembered. The inside he, of his coat, or no, the his um, uh, the fact that kick. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few kicks that Neo does. Oh, if you notice, that he mostly beca- punches and because of his spinal injury, they he kept screwing up the choreography for the kick. So oh. they they re choreographed it to compensate, and now he mostly does punches. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's fun. Oh, and this is this is where the one shot where the CG didn't age well. Oh, for that me. stuff like that freaked me out as a kid. Things going under people's skin. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's still it's still creepy, but yeah, no, it looks very Yeah, it's it's literally the the one moment that did not age well effects-wise. Yeah. Which is really kind of amazing how much the rest of it actually holds up by today. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think it still works because at this point Neo's very aware he's in a computer program and can manipulate it as such. That, so that's a fair. At that's... the height of the unreality in story structure, the height of the unreality in CGI, obviously it just didn't age well, but you can justify it. Yeah. Well, I do love the fact that now Neo has the power to hear her out in the real world <laughs> when she just yells, Neo! And he turns and runs out and gets out. And it couldn't be more at the last second because that's perfect timing. How every movie needs to end, like it has to do the Mission Impossible thing where it stops at the point zero 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 one second mark, (laughs) and then finally they can pork. They don't pork until the second movie. (laughs) That's the one reason. And it's less careless whispers and more. This is the new shit by Marilyn Manson. (laughs) No, it's more like. Uh, m- more like uh, um, African drums meet electric zoom. Like, Doesn't it actually... Isn't that the... I forget which, which songs they were put. I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. I forget <laughs> actually which songs, which scene. But I thought that was the... It was the drums, rebel, man. Rebel, rebel, bitch, bitch. Rebel, rebel, party, party. The, that one. On no, the soundtrack. On the soundtrack, I don't what know. Is... But uh, actually, that's the whole reason why I wasn't allowed to watch 2 is because... Yeah, of Neo the and scene. oh yeah, <laughs> the rest was cool because, because um, like I lo- would watch the uh, the neat like the the burly brawl and the freeway oh, yeah. scene like those were the coolest. It's like when you watch Breakfast Club in high school and the teacher hurriedly like 
fast forwarded through the pot, like <laughs> and failing they're miserably for no reason. Kids just, Fa- just failing miserably. You can't fast forward through anything. No, you see things in those old. You can't. Oh my god, you know this is like the the nineties. There's a telephone booth. Oh man, right? Those thing didn't those things actually disappear by nineteen ninety nine? used mostly for drugs i think <laughs> and you know maroon ma- 5 still found a payphone yeah so. although i do love the guitar riff here how it's, it's totally not ripping off led zeppelin's cashmere <laughs> but i do love this moment where it's just the looks up all badass just the sunglasses man and then as the final tease like just to show you how powerful this motherfucker is Superman! He just yeets Boom. up into the sky. <laughs> Amazing. Hell yeah, man. So actually, this did ho- hold up. I think that was the question I was going to ask you, is I thought that this was so badass as a kid. Yeah. Is, does it hold up as an adult? I the think. first one? Totally, dude. Oh, we, we're going to watch the sequel. Again. Absolutely. After watching this, like, as much, because I enjoyed watching this a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm totally down to they, watch the sequels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lord knows, uh, as fun as some of the sequences in two are it definitely gets its head off its ass but especially by the time we get to the architect oh yeah and especially when you have a philosophically driven plot and then you have to retcon it and go back to the big and, and rework it for a trilogy yep because this is straight up like you know uh joseph campbell uh hero of a thousand faces like it has the full oh, yeah. arc here hero's journey so now they're like fuck what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah because the hero's completed his journey especially now that he's pretty much god jesus in god in jesus mode power creep and you get ret- like regression and and that's just what happens when you think something's gonna end and then it doesn't yep um but i i think the philosophy came across just as smart as when i first saw it yeah if maybe a little over explained for somebody who's heard it already john gator yes the gator force as and they call them regardless the action scenes are badass so yeah even if your iq isn't over 200 which is required for watching things like the matrix yeah. and, Rick and morty you can watch keanu reeves do kung fu oh yeah dude totally you know? any day like even though his the characters are really hollow I don't give a shit. Well, because... it's not a character-driven. No, story. it's not, and it really doesn't have to be. No. Like a lot of people, you know, Wu Ping. Yes, Ooh. this guy's that. That's Is that the... the drunken boxing. He's choreographer? no, he's the cor- he's the Hong the... Kong choreographer. Ah. The, he doesn't even speak English, so you know he's that good. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, like that's uh, that this this movie's aged a lot better than I thought it would have. Uh, oh yeah. Even, most of the effects, even like, are still crazy. Yeah. Because, like, uh, even bullet time still kind of feels fresh Mm -hmm. when you see it like this. So, if they're going to do... Oh, there he is. Chad Stahalski. Ah, John Wick. John Wick director. Motherfuckers. Yeah. He is... No, it absolutely held up. Um, And then even with some of the effects that didn't... Yeah. um, Because of the structure of the story with it being set inside of a digital universe, things looking computer-generated isn't it's, that it, bad it's not that bad it does not break immersion plus the fact that they're really like you know using a lot of these kung fu japanimation comic book kind oh, of look yeah. and the stylization because they keep it aesthetically pleasing throughout it's fine oh yeah it's the sin city effect to what i like i forgot which what, what, what i was watching this old jet Li film from like 2001 like mm-hmm. the monk and the white serpent i think it was called i don't know um but yeah the cgi was terrible but yeah the cgi 
leaned more towards animation than trying to look realistic. So yep. it looked super stylized. So even though that there was a giant CGI snake fighting a giant CGI Buddha and it looked 0% realistic, it was aesthetically pleasing. Yep. And it was fun. And it aged well because it looked like a cartoon that Jet Li was in. Totally, man. And it works. It's also the same thing with like uh, Robert Rodriguez and what he did with Sin City. Yeah. Like it's super, super stylized. Yeah. And it does look really fake, but because it's so stylistic and so, you know, aesthetically driven and because those images play off each other so well, we don't give a shit. You oh, know? yeah. Like that's because that's... people don't care about things looking realistic. People care about things looking good and consistent. Like yeah. tonally, when you have tonal consistency, yeah. things are tend to be a lot better. Because like, if uh, you think about like a PS2 action game where they put realistic textures on these polygons, yeah, versus Zelda Wind Waker, one of them looks a lot more realistic, mm-hmm. and one of them looks a lot better. Yeah, well handled stylization will always beat realism but uncanny valley yep yep and that's and really that's what you're trying to get your emotions that you're trying to play with here oh yeah and what uh parts of the mind you want to you want to play around with with your audience it's 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 really something but yeah dude this was uh this this was a lot of fun man and I keep forgetting how much I love The Matrix even I because I know a lot of people shit on the sequels yeah We'll have to rewatch the sequels. To the find sequels, out. I feel, uh, I feel like I'm still gonna love the sequels because mm-hmm. the stuff in it that's good is so good that I'm willing to forgive any of the stupid ass bullshit that goes on. Like, uh, you know, Reloaded had the burly brawl and the freeway chase, which are fucking oh, amazing. Oh, th- those are two iconic action scenes. And th- well, even three, like three, like like two is cool because it has those two scenes, but nothing else, and blah blah blah. Three has nothing good. Fuck you. Three goes full Super Saiyan in the rain and also has a giant attack on Zion, which is just as impressive. So shove it up your virtual asses. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, yeah, here's the big soundtrack. Like, leave you far behind. That was actually, uh, they used, oh, Club to Death. Yes, Rob that's Dugan. what it was. That's the one where, uh, you know, they're talking about the deja vu and inside the Matrix and how it's like, uh, you know, uh, the minds of the very people we're supposed to protect. Rock is dead. Marilyn Manson. Yes. Yeah, okay, man. there's Marilyn Manson the first one, too. Yeah, dude. It's a, Rock is dead. It's playing over the credits right now. Um, but, dude, like the soundtrack. Club to Death is literally my entrance music. Oh, yeah, when you has, walk into your room. Because it has that, you know, a spherical, like, violin sort of thing. And then it just kind of, it's kind of like there to... You know, have the room go dark, maybe have like a few floodlights swell, move around and whatnot in really isolated areas. Have the announcer build up the name and then the bass drops and you just walk in and you're like, what? What? Just doom, 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 doom. And oh, yeah, man. Like Club to Death. Like Rob Dugan is the one who made that tr- you track. You can't not shit. feel ready to kick ass when you listen to Major. No, see, I don't want to. See, I, I'm not ready to kick ass. I'm ready to walk in a in a straight line looking the coolest i've ever been in my life <laughs> walk to class music hell I, yeah yes. see it's when spy break goes out when it's just like that's time to hurt people oh yeah you kept dude. talking about you kept, you said japanimation probably like 30 times and i was gonna hold back my weeb on this podcast but i want to 
I want to show you a comic book character from the 80s, and I can't find a full picture of him in his trench coat. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. But that's, yeah. that's Kakyoin from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I hope there are a bunch of weaves out there listening to this so they know that. Because damn if you have a picture of him in like the full trench coat send it to tim because <laughs> there's s- arguments that that's what neo's look was based off of there's no real proof but that guy watches a lot of if i had more listeners i'd probably get so much spam oh gosh <laughs> i want to get spam <laughs> spam is wonderful i want people to like just just send us trash. Spammy spam spam spam. Please send us viruses. <laughs> Especially if they're played by Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say that. Oh man. But so, yes. Yeah, dude, totally. Next week for Matrix Reloaded? Reloaded, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Although I we probably should say right now that we're probably not going to do the Animatrix because it's like an anthology thing and it, it would be a weird thing to review because to sync it up, you'd have to play these different shorts. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So we'll probably like stay back because I would. We love... might talk about the Animatrix a little bit. But oh, we're please. definitely going to because like the final flight of the Osiris and kids' story and mm-hmm. although the one I really wish I we could talk about more because it's probably my favorite detective story because not because not only does it have that film noir future cyberpunk like retro future cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Um, but. It's also directed by the guy who does Cowboy Bebop. Oh! So, like, it's just totally, dude. He actually did... Oh, that's nice. He actually did that one and a kid's story. And a kid's story is probably the favorite of mine animation-wise. Because it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen Mm -hmm. before. Have you seen the other shorts? Not all of them, because I didn't have the Animatrix on DVD. So I found a few online. I don't think I've seen them all. And I'm... definitely not back-to-back. So that's... Dude, I'm going to have to lend you my DVD then. That's something that we can do. Is I'll lend you my DVD. You can like pop that in later this week. Perfect. And we can come back, watch Reloaded, and reload on our Matrix, man. Because this will be fun. I will bring Blue and Red and Mike and Ike's. <laughs> oh my god you did that too <laughs> i will bring blue and red mike and ike's yes man that's or take tax awesome. if they're cheaper <laughs> i'm still taking especially the blue. if i keep eating like white castle sliders like st- i've been doing as i would need i'm still taking blue totally <laughs> oh, yeah. all right so that's that's it for today uh we will see you next week with the rest of the matrix movies after that i don't know what the hell we're gonna do but we'll definitely figure out something Damn. for you it, it's all your horses now <laughs> but uh that's definitely a contender <laughs> but totally we'll be back for some more matrix and more keanu reeves because like a- after doing john wick and like uh, some yes, very I, anime stuff like i've been like let's just keep going with I this because it's fun to marathon john wick that would be oh dude you haven't seen them yet uh not all of them man. oh they're so good yeah man you'll have to give i'll have to give you copies of those too oh yeah there you go all right, man. So that was really good. We will see you in the next video. So in the meantime, feel you just... free to unplug. Yeah, please. <laughs> absolutely. Unplug, get some R&R and follow the White Rabbit and and follow us on Facebook. And you can also. And, oh, yeah. All, that's the other thing I wanted to mention before we go. Last thing. We are now on Spotify. If you aren't listening to this already on Spotify, but you can also see us on YouTube and you can also see us on CastBox. Uh, there are going to be links in all the descriptions below. You can look them up there. Tell your friends. Tell your relatives. Tell anyone who loves movies. 
and tell anyone who would love to watch movies with a little bit extra and have a little friendly banter as it goes on. So this has been an episode of Contract where you'll never have to watch a movie again. I've been Tim. I've been Hannah. Peace. Peace.